millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. It was like we not in Croke Park and Cork winning the All-Ireland for me. The massive problem we have in this country is the shadow economy, the black market. Everything can be controlled, and that's the job of the government. I just wanted to give back. We're all going to be old someday. It's nice to know that there's someone looking out for you. Join the conversation. Call 0818 969696. Extra WhatsApp 083 396 Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Line with P. The number will continue where we left off from yesterday with many, many things. Come back to some of the stuff we were talking about yesterday morning. Here's a thought for you, though. In 2022, 13 people lost their lives on the roads in Cork was the highest figure recorded a tie only with Dublin and that's got more than double or nearly triple our population so 2022, 13 people lost their lives on the roads in Cork Um, could it be could it be, because we'll discuss this later that the big fancy screens in a lot of cars now where pretty much everything happens through this big fancy screen and they look brilliant some of them are big enough to watch a match on like could the screens be a distraction there's some thinking out there that actually maybe the screens have become something of a distraction for people and could it be that they're making it slightly more dangerous to drive we'll get to that later this morning good morning to you um, this time last year This, oh, by the way it's Friday the 13th so I keep my fingers and toes crossed throughout the program that nothing will go wrong. I have a horrible, lifelong dislike and almost morbid fear of Friday the 13th. I hate it. Not the film. I love the films, but the day. Can't deal with it at all. So it's Friday the 13th, January. And this day last year, this date last year, we were mortified and horrified and sad and shocked at the death of Ashling Murphy. She died while out for a run. She was just out for a run on January 12th, 2022, and she was murdered. Uh, there's a picture on the front of the Irish Sun this morning of her dad, 
her dad playing a banjo by a seat. The seat was erected at the point where she died. And he's there playing a banjo in tribute to his his beautiful daughter. Her boyfriend, Ryan, is quoted in all the papers. He said yesterday she would be forever be his soulmate. It's on the front of the Irish Daily Mail. There isn't a second when my heart doesn't ache for you. I'll read more of that tribute during the morning. And Ashling gave the gift of love. Again, her dad and his banjo. Ray is his name. Uh, prayers were said and songs were sung for his daughter who was killed when jogging along the Grand Canal in Tullamore in County Offaly. There was also a mass attended by hundreds of people and the priest who said the mass, Father Mead, said that Ashton gave the gift of love. And that was this day last year we were reeling from the shock of Ashling's death. There have been something 11 more women dead in Ireland since Ashley Murphy died last year. And since 1996, over 250 women have died violently in, in Ireland. Her death affected many people in many, many different ways. And some of them were inspired to do something, to hold a vigil or do something like that. Annette, you were one of them. Uh, you organised a, a vigil in Mallow, I think, in, in her tribute uh, and good morning, PJ. Good morning. Yeah, I did. You're thinking about her today, I think. It's yeah, it's 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 hard to believe it's been a year. And obviously all of our thoughts are automatically go to her family and her partner mine because it's it's just it's still incomprehensible, you know, what happened to her just innocently going for a run after doing her day's teaching in school, you know? Yeah, yeah. Now yeah. on the morning of the vigil, you yourself intervened in something. <laughs> I did, PJ. It was it was shocking, actually. Um, just going about my business, and I witnessed a young girl um, who I found out was fourteen at the time um, being best, be- best not to identify anybody here in it. But oh yeah, the, no, I won't. Story. Not yeah. at all. Yeah, so I I just I saw her being she was being she was caught by the school bag, and this this man was kicking her in her thighs and in her ribs. And um, it was at a distance, so I couldn't actually, you know, go and do something there and then. But I reported it, obviously. Now, she she ran away. She went, I presume she went to school or something. I don't know. Without identifying her or indeed her assailant, did you know her? I knew her. Yeah, I did. And um, so I just basically, I reported it. And... Later on, um, through a different medium, I found out that uh, this man had been holding her mother against her will inside in the house and had been trying to get this girl to go back into the house as well, obviously to have control over her too. And so that all transpired that morning, the morning that that, that, that the vigil was on that night. I had organised the vigil that night for seven o'clock and I saw this at about half past eight on the same morning. Crikey. And... It turns out anyway that, you know, they were being held against their will by this man. And um, thankfully, at about five o'clock that evening, uh, both of them were removed and taken to a safe house. Okay. And are since both fine. And since both fine. and Good. And quite okay. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I, th- I think I think it, it was the shock anyway of seeing something like that. It doesn't matter when it is, but I think it was just so ironic and so poignant to see it on the morning when I was organising the vigil that night for Ashley. What you did know? you do? Did you go to the guards and make a I, don't, I did. I, people, I, being a good citizen, you wonder what do, what do you do? Did you went to the guards? Yeah? 
You have to, I mean, of course, I, I knew what age this girl was, you know, and this was a grown man. So, I mean, obviously this was totally, totally and utterly wrong. It didn't matter, even if she was 25. It doesn't matter. You see somebody kicking um, a female, a male kicking a female, then, you know, you you, you have to do something as a society. We, we, we can't we can't keep turning a blind eye to this sort of thing. And, and so how, I did when you went down it. to the guards, how was it received? Um, straight they away, they were very good. <clears throat> they were very good. Yeah. yeah, they 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 asked me for the the girl's identity, which I gave them, and they followed up from there. I don't know what they did or how they went about it. I haven't a clue. Mm. I didn't ask. Um, but as I said, they did come back to me later on that that day to let me know they had been removed um, for yeah. their own safety. You yeah, you'd done your civic duty and and well done. To well, you, you know. The way I look at it, PJ, is I could have turned a blind eye and I could have heard the following week that somebody was, was dead, you know? Yes. Um, and as I said, I, I knew nothing about this lady's mother, but it turns out she was being held against her will in the house. So I, I don't know what was going on inside there. And what could have um, what could have transpired had I said nothing? I know. You know? So um, I spent the rest of the day in complete and utter shock. Um, and actually I ended up on the air with you about a half an hour after I'd seen this okay. because I was, you know, letting people know about the vigil. And, um, I, I just remember <laughs> trying to talk to you and trying to keep everything as normal as possible yes. while talking about such a tragic thing. But yet at the same time, my head was going 90 because of what I'd just seen. I know, and you weren't in a position <clears throat> to share too much of it with me at that, at that yeah, I couldn't point. at you the time, no. You couldn't, no, absolutely no, I not, PJ. Now, no, now no, that you no, tell no. me, I'd have kissed you if you did because we, we, it would have been something that was oh, live sure, and this happy. is it. I mean, oh, come here, I'm well aware of the laws around but, things. But you know yeah, yourself, absolutely. Annette, the thing that... <clears throat> I think the thing that struck me about mm. Ashling's death, there were, two, there were two reasons. One, it happened on my birthday, which that kind of, oh, you know. But right. also okay. that she was just, as people said, just out for a run for on a, what was a beautiful, yeah. crisp, bright January, January afternoon. afternoon. Yeah. The most normal thing that any Normally person ever. could do after their day's work. This wasn't nighttime. This wasn't a dark street. No. This wasn't the middle of a city. This was out in a no. beautiful, beautiful place. Gorgeous day. Gorgeous town. Yeah. My God. Yeah. Yeah. I think that was what yeah. struck and me hard, you know. At this, and I mean, and this, what I witnessed myself on that morning was this was a young girl going to school. That was it. It was as simple as that. Yeah, it was as normal know. as you can get. Yeah. She was going to school. Yes. And this is what happened to her, you know. So, like, we we've to stop thinking of of uh, perpetrators like these big monsters that hide in the dark. They're not. They're right there in front of us all the time. Mm-hmm. But we, we we have to we have to call it out. You know, we have to say something when we see something happening, because people, some women are not able to defend themselves. You know against what's going on and, and so they require help and, and we are the helper at least we should be the help and Ashley was young and fit and strong and athletic and still mm. she was she overpowered was. you know she was indeed but I mean a physical strength of a man and especially a man mm. who's um, has got possible anger issues or whatever it is whatever the reason it is that they're that they're uh, attacking this person their physical strength is humongous you know and we, yeah. we can never forget that either is that as much and all as we think you know w- w- I could defend myself or whatever you know the shock and fear that would yeah. freeze your body um, you know and then this person is is just 
ready to you know yeah. ready to to rant and ready to kill whatever mm. you know. It's, I, I, it's, as a man it's a myself, very difficult who would situation. Rather, sorry to cut across you, Ned. As as a man Not myself sure. who would rather cut off my own hand than use it to hurt yeah. a woman. You know, of I remember course. taking a call from a, a very impressive young lady. I think her name was Holly, and she was talking about how she was being fri- she was frightened. And I said to her, well, I said, let's imagine that I'm out walking my dog and you are 20 or 30 feet ahead of me. What goes through your mind? She said, I hear the step. I hear the step and I'm naturally fearful. And I thought that's an awful way to live. She's out for a walk. I'm out for a walk. I have no intention of going near her. Yet she hears my step. It's a heavy step. And she is in fear. That's an awful way for young women to be living. But women are women. We, we we have that sense with us all the time. Last night at eight o'clock, I went down to Mallow Town because you know the park road was flooded and it was pretty bad, as as happens every so often, you know. And we have this lovely footbridge now going across um, from one side of the town to the other. And uh, so I decided just to wanted to walk across it just to see the floods, you know, see how bad it was and stuff. And it struck me as I was walking across it. Yes, it's well lit up, but there was nobody else on that bridge at the time. And there was a man coming towards me. Very innocent man. He nodded and said hello as he passed. But for a split second, PJ, the fear went through me was that, well, if he grabs me here now, nobody sees it. Nobody will see it. Yeah. Yeah. Because the bridge, the footbridge is slightly lower than the road. So you, you can only see barely the tops of somebody's head if you're in a car on the bridge. Yeah. You know the bridge I'm talking about, PJ, don't you? The one I that do indeed. covers Mallow Town. Yeah. So the footbridge is slightly lower than that. So like, and I'm I'm tiny. I'm like five foot one or two. So like most people probably couldn't even see me, you know, as I was walking along the walkway. And it struck me, and, and 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 but that happens all the time, PJ. As women, if we are in a location where there is probably nobody else around, it unfortunately it is the first thing that comes into our head is like, what am I going to do? What if he jumps on me? What if he? How am I going to defend myself? Is there somebody around to help? I looked around straight away. It was very well lit up. You know, it's, it's so well done the bridge, but that fear automatically goes into my head because. As women, that's the way we live. Something else that... A, that is the a, way we live. A young woman said to me, in the wake of Ashling's death, and this stayed with me too, you know, because, look, we all know, let's let's not have this not-all-men crack, but I remember saying hey. that to, to a young caller. She, I said to her, you, you, most of us are harmless. Most of us would yes. cut off our own hand <clears throat> before we'd raise it to you. Most, And she mm-hmm. said, I know that. I yeah. absolutely know that, but I don't know the one who isn't. And I yeah. thought, yeah. do you know? And it's 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 funny. My 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 daughter, um, who I've said before, is is a veterinary nurse. Loves mm. dogs, for example, but she's natu- naturally <laughs> cagey about every dog. Yeah. And she said, yeah. I love dogs, but I mm. don't know the one who's going to turn on me. Who's going to turn? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and I thought that's a very turn, and you won't realize it. Mm. There you go. And I thought that's such yeah. such a strong analogy. That you know, absolutely, w- women know that yeah. most of us are decent, harmless fellas who do them no harm, yeah. but they don't absolutely. know the one who isn't. 
This is it, you know, and I mean, <clears throat> I suppose, PJ, you know, if you look at other areas of um, of living in, a, in which I say in Ireland, women, unfortunately, are never, um, we're always kind of a step behind in so many things when it comes to, you know, the males. And I, I suppose that in itself can lead to this idea that women are the, the lesser of the species. Mm. And I think that too as well, it's it's an endemic thing that's in societies that people do unfortunately look at women in places as being lower on the, the level, you know. Yeah. Um, like one, one subject I would know about myself is like if a, a, a woman is a lone parent here in Ireland, it's up to her <clears throat> to chase after her ex-partner to get maintenance. Yeah. And if she doesn't do it, the social welfare will come down hard on her. But what about him? He, nothing happens to him. Do you know what I mean? So like it, yeah. it's, <clears throat> there's so many levels of it where women are getting the raw end of the stick, yeah. you know? Yeah. It's the same with, we'll just say, for instance, when Viagra came on the market, you know, <clears throat> not long after it came on the market, it's now available over the counter, yeah. you know? Women can't get HRT over the counter. We have to get a prescription for it. And even when we do, nine times out of ten, it's not available. I, I, was, you wondering, know, I was wondering where you're going with the, the Viagra thing there. for a second. For yeah. <laughs> not to worry, not to worry. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I'm just saying there, there's just that little, those little niggles all the time where women are just that slightly bit lower than the men, you know, in society. And I think that's, and it's just, it's just there, you know, it's just in the back of people's heads all the time. And for women, especially, we look at it and we see, yeah, there we go. Look, I bet you if men needed HRT, it would be available over the counter now. No problem. We could walk in and get it. It's, it's but a, we can't. It's, it's a point. It's a point. And in fact, I was talking to someone who's on HRT, a young person on HRT a few months ago. She said exactly that. She said if it was men needed this, we wouldn't have a problem. And yet, thank you. 0818 96 The Women's Aid Helpline. If you're triggered by anything we're discussing this morning, the Women's Aid Helpline is one eight hundred three four one nine hundred. The Cork Diary. On Cork's ninety six FM. Cork Diary is a free service, so if you're a community group, a not for profit organisation, or you have a fundraising event you would like mentioned, let us know and we'll tell Cork all about it. Email the details to Cork Diary at ninety six FM dot ie. The Cork Diary with Cork Simon dot ie. Because everyone who calls Cork home should have one. Cork's 96FM. Now, as we said a year ago today, we were reeling from the news that uh, Ashling Murphy had been murdered while she was out for a run on a bright, crisp January day, just like this one. It wasn't by night. It wasn't in some dark, dingy corner of a city or town. It was out in a beautiful place by the canal, middle of the afternoon on a bright January day. She'd finished work and she'd gone for, the, gone for a run, the most normal thing ever. Since then, 11 more women have died and uh, the statistic is that since 1996, 254 women have died violently in Ireland. Kate says, we were out walking the dogs. This guy was pulling and dragging a girl to the park and we shouted at him, we know where you live. Two of them ran away. But you have to do something. I suppose he was afraid of the dogs as well. Now, here's a thought. When she ran away, she ran straight across the road in fear, delighted to get away, didn't look where she was going. We got a shock then, too, because she thought she might be knocked down. You'd wonder how many accidents happen indirectly because of abuse and how many of those are not in the official figures. It's a good point, Kate. 
The law should be changed regarding protection orders. To get a protection order, you need to be living with the person. Uh, a lot of women have fled and they're living somewhere else, and possibly even in hiding, so they don't qualify. Family needs to push for this change. Yeah, just I don't know if this still happened. I spotted it a while ago. The, there's a collision at the junction of Torres Street and Friars Walk. Please take care in that area. Just a, a word from the traffic department. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Now, Alan, you were involved last year in a Middleton vigil for Ashling Murphy. A, a year on. Uh, I think you, you don't believe anything has changed, unfortunately. Morning. Um, I just feel that we haven't done enough. Um, when I say we, I think there's, there's been very little help from the government side of things to change the way things are going in Ireland. Um, there hasn't been enough intervention by the government. I mean, I know we live in... An era of crises, whether it's housing crisis, whether it's a um, health crisis, energy crisis, so on and so forth. I think we're now in a crime crisis as well. Yeah. I mean, if you look at the stats over the last number of years, it's it's horrifying. Um, and I, I think more has to be done, you know, um, t- to prevent tragedies like that befell the, the, the Murphy family, you know. We have had quite a number of attacks on women in the past 12 months since Ashling's death? Oh, we have indeed. I mean, if you look at the stats, which which I have looked at, I mean, I can give you a couple of examples going back as far as 2020, in the, the fourth quarter of 2020, the sex, offend, sex offences were minus 10.6%. Attempted murders, assaults and harassments were minus 13.2%. And then when you come to, now it's only up to quarter one in 2022 that the statistics office have released. But if you come up to quarter one in 2022, those sex offences are now plus 12.5%. Yeah. And murder and assault and harassment is 18.9%. And of that, over 80% of them are women. Yeah. Have you any thoughts on what might be causing all of this? Do you put it down to anything in particular? I think there's a number of um, elements that are contributing to it. I think social media definitely has an influence on um, society and the way that society portrays um, not just women, but people in general. It's, it's, I think it has a lot to answer for it. In what, in what way? Just how influential it is for all these um, uh, influencers are on younger people. And there's good and there's bad. You have some fantastic influencers like some Miriam Mullins, uh, local Carker, yeah. or Tyke Fleming, Blown Kerry, you know, brilliant people, absolutely yeah. amazing people, great ambassadors for the country and so on and so forth. But then there's the other side of it. There's the, um, what's that guy? He used to be a fighter. He was arrested in in Romania there recently. Mr. Tate, I think you mean. Tate, that's the guy. That's yeah. him. Yeah. I mean, he's he's been notorious on, on social media for his views. He's just disgusting, you know. People like him, there's no filter, unfortunately, on social media for people like that. Um, I do think mismanaged um, immigration is is a massive issue as well. That's an area where we have to be careful talking about it, but what what do you want to say about it? Certainly, no, I mean, all for um, bringing uh, new cultures and new people and things like that, you know, that's that's not what what I'm trying to say at all. 
But there is, unfortunately, an element within that adding to our own problems that we already have that don't contribute to society, you know. Um, I mean, we've seen it if you look at the serious crimes over the last number of years and the people committing them. They've come through on either through the refugee system or our immigration system. I see where the Taoiseach in the last couple of days, Leo Varadkar, has been suggesting that maybe we need to tighten some rules. Would you agree with him? I mean, certainly, but this hasn't been the first time that's been said. Um, you go back to, who was it back in 2006? Uh, Michael McDowell, back in 2006. Uh, he was a minister for justice back then. And he said that all, well, he actually said non-EU who commit serious crimes, inclusive of trafficking and drug, drug-related drug crimes and so on and so forth, will face instant deportation and all that. But that never came to light, yeah. you know? Um, I mean, even the EU themselves have a charter which allows community countries to deport people mm-hmm. who cause serious crimes. You said that you're all for new cultures and new immigrants, and we, we all would be, but that if someone coming here from another part of the world commits a serious crime, deportation is the way to go. 100%. I think punishment and then deportation. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I mean, if if you look at the um, CSO website, so in Ireland since 2013, we have deported just under 700 people from EU communities. These people were deemed to be a threat to society or have committed serious crimes. Yeah. Now, since 2020, the number of deportations has fallen. And since 2020 the number of serious crimes has increased. Okay. So there has to be a correlation there somewhere. Well, as science tells us, correlation doesn't imply causation. No, certainly not. And don't get me wrong, we've got enough of our own, sorry to use the phrase, scumbags in the country which cause issues which I'm not dismissing or forgetting about at all. Yeah. Um, it just seems if we managed our immigration system better, we wouldn't be adding to the already existing problem. So it's a point worth taking on board? Certainly, definitely. I mean, there is charters there within, even within the EU group. And I'm, 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 I know I'm focusing on the EU, but really it's the only information that's easy to get to. Yes. If I'm an EU citizen and I cause a serious crime, we'll just say France. The police in France would get onto the Minister for Justice, or their version of the Minister for Justice, hmm. who would enact deportation of me back to the EU country, back to Ireland. Yeah. But we don't seem to use that, or we seem to be not using that. Do you think the politicians, both government and opposition, you think they seem somewhat reluctant to tackle us? Well, 100% I do. Um, I don't think there's any party there who's got a strong enough candidate who's been outspoken on, on the topic. Between between the three biggest parties, Fine Gael, Fianna Fáil and Sinn Féin, mm. none of them have been very outspoken about it. And I do think the figures and the stats are there. Out of the thousands of people that come into Ireland every single year, it's only the very, very, very small minority that are the issue. Yes. You know, and that's that has to be hammered home, you know. But we also should be tackling that minority is what you're saying to me. Exactly, exactly. We should be we should be firmer. We should be, we, you know, we're, we're too soft. Ireland should be a place that says, you're welcome, but behave yourself. You're welcome. Come in, build a life yourself, enjoy it. 
he breathes it, yeah. it could be his. Alan, thank you. Good call. Appreciate it. Cheers, again. Thanks very much. Thank you. Uh, James is four lads, is it? For his morning, James. Morning, Fiji. How are you? Good. What do you want to say? Well, I know I totally agree with Alan there. Um, the reason I rang up a while ago with Fogel is just when I was listening to the, the lady that was on prior, was that it seemed to me that uh, the poor girl Ashton that got murdered, um, it, it is her memorial, it is a year, it, it seems the facts surrounding the murder have been totally brushed under the carpet. Nothing about the... the, the, the I'm not going to call him a gentleman. He's an absolute... Uh, well, 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 the reason we wouldn't go there, James, just is that that case is still ongoing. So okay. best not okay. to... There's no attempt here to brush anything under the carpet. Just okay. this, there's still a case before the courts, so let's leave it at that point. What okay. do you want to say, though? So, fair enough, yeah. Well, well I think it comes down to facts again. As, like, I, I'm not quite sure why we couldn't say, you know, what, we, I don't expect anyone to name names if that's the case. But, you know, the gentleman was a foreign national. Yes, he has been charged, know, so we can yeah, say you, you know, Yeah, yeah. So, basically, I'm trying to say is that, that, you know, the stats, Stats don't lie. Facts are facts, and basically that you know it, it, the, the case of, of violent crime in this country over the last ten years has most certainly been from from um, a group that wouldn't. Now, don't get me wrong. Uh, Irish people born and bred here, and, and I'm not being fat and xenophobic, and not being racist or anything. But as you said yourself. You ask Stalin, do you think the government should be to do more about it? What do you think? Be, of course, the, the government should do more about it. Like it's the minority, a minority of hypothetical, well, not hypothetical. There's seventy thousand Ukrainians after coming in. Let's say fifteen percent of them are violent. That's a huge number, yeah. Yeah. to be worried about. So, of course, the question answers it. Well, like, well, question- a human nature being what it is, James. A certain percentage of the human race, whether they be Irish, English, Ukrainian, or come from outer Dubrovnia, a certain percentage of the human race is violent. I totally agree with you, PJ. However, we can do something about a certain percentage of that, i.e. checks and balances. We can't do anything about a person that's born out in a mercy hospital and grows up to be a murderer, but we can do something about someone that was born in... in, in, in Again, I'm not naming any country. I'm just going to well, don't, say country. Do you know what I mean? And some, some but, other uh, part of the world. Uh, yeah. Some other part of the world. Exactly, Fiji. And I'm going to uh, centre, uh, you know, I'll be caught. But a person that's born in another country that can come to this country and was born in another country and became a murderer and murdered a woman and got away with it and then came to this country. Yes, we can do something about that. We can check it. We can check it over and over again, just like uh, other countries do. We, I was away for a while in another country, not going to name it again, I had, to, I had to spend, you know, to go through, you name it, I went through it, and I had to spend thousands to stay in that country. They had done it the right way, and I still think they do it the right way. 100%, it's their country, and I had to abide by their rules. I had to speak their language, I had to learn their language, and I had, I had that. There's people coming in, PJ, that literally willy-lilly. You can't speak English? Not a problem. Of course. Well, well I wouldn't but, have a problem with the language, James, well, to be honest. I wouldn't well, have a problem. But PJ, my point is that the society has to gel. If it, and if, I mean, if I go to live in Spain or France or Germany, yes, Spain. Say, I love Spain. I'd, lo- okay. I'd love some time to live a, a, a lot of my life in Spain. There's no, okay. there's no one going to compel me to learn Spanish. There's no one to compel you. But that's. But what I'm saying is, if if you had to live there, you'd find it. Would you, would you would you agree or disagree? Would you think you'd find it difficult to kind of you know if you had to access government bodies? Oh or, yeah, well, and there's, 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 yeah, there's uh, like, you do, yeah, that's be what in I mean. My interest to learn the language. It, it would be in your interest. Fair enough. In in the country I was in, you had that. You could not become a citizen unless you spoke. 
the, oh, la- I the language. Oh, I yes, see. I won't name the country. No, no, but no, no it's an interesting one. But, uh, no, but yeah. you're, you're, making, you're making the point that we need to be more careful about people settling here the checks we do on some of them because I guess it's a bit like and my daughter makes the the analogy and I think it's a great one she loves dogs in the course of her work she'll probably meet a thousand dogs in a year uh, but she doesn't know the one that's going to bite her well yeah you, you mentioned that as well with the lady a while ago which I, which I kind of found that was kind of when we was, she was mainly speaking about in general men yeah. or like, the young girl you know, who, better yeah, again the young girl who told me here Holly that when she's yeah. out for a walk, and, and if I'm 30 feet behind her, the sound of my step, and she starts to get fearful. That's well, no, no way for people to live. Absolutely not. I think that anyone that, 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 that feels that way needs to speak to someone. Because if I felt that, I, if I, all the, the girls that I know, the women I know, I've never actually come across anyone that felt like that. Now, maybe times have changed. Well, in well, 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 what but, she said, well, I said to her, what can I do to, to help with that? And she I said, if you're, coming, if you're coming up behind a female, she said, mm. hang back maybe, or if there's another path on the other side of the road, cross over there. You can let us know silently that you're not a danger to us. Okay, and do you think that that's an acceptable thing to do in society this time without the government doing anything? Well, acceptable or not, James. Acceptable know, that, or not, you have to understand that's how she feels. Uh, look, there's probably men that feel that way as well. Yeah. True. You know, uh, you know, it's it's that's what I'm saying. And I'm not being taken. Uh, all I'm saying is that, you know, th- there's a lot that can be sorted in the country. The tr- I love the, the country, the, but, I, yeah, the, the, but the truth is, young women of Ashling Murphy's age, and this is a oh, truth, and it's not a nice truth, but young women of Ashling Murphy's age are fearful when they go about their daily business. That is well, the truth of Ireland yeah. in 2023, whether yeah. we like it or agree with it or not. Well, and again, all women of all ages, I guess, to expand on that. Well, we need to fix that as a, as a country. Yeah, we do. As a society, exactly. Yeah, and we need to do something about it. And 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 forgive my number if anyone wants to ring or get me involved with anything. I, I'd be a pleasure to do it. Fair point, James. Thank you for your call. Cork's 96FM loves Irish music. As part of Irish Music Month, this March on independent radio across Ireland, we want you to take part in our local hero talent surge. If you're in a band or solo artist, you could be featured live on Cork's 96FM. It's your chance to win an overall €10,000 prize fund. Get your record released and have your music played on 25 independent radio stations across Ireland. For full details, see 96FM.ie. Irish Music Month. This March, proudly supported by Hot Press, IBI and the BAI Sound and Vision Fund on Cork's 96FM. A year on from the day when we were reeling with shock at the murder of Ashling Murphy. Uh, the conversation this morning is about women and, and how they feel and how safe they feel or don't feel. Adrienne, morning. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Good. You have a story for me. Well, uh, two things I wanted to say to you. Following on from what you said about walking behind that, uh, you know, that you're walking behind someone. Um, recently, I was walking on a laneway. Now, it runs between uh, Magazine Road and uh, Glasheen, down towards Stanley's Pub. Do you I know, know the, the area? I do, I do know the area. It's a parking area. Narrow little laneways. I know the area, yeah. It is. And um, I was walking along there. Now, I'm a fast walker, PJ, and I noticed there was a lady in front of me. This was maybe nine o'clock in the morning. 
and she started to speed up. Yes. And uh, this was nine in the morning. Kind of, no, this is nine in the morning. Yeah, and she started to speed up, and I thought, oh, that poor woman doesn't know who's behind her. So I actually called out to her. I said, "Excuse me," and uh, she turned around, and I said, "Look, I'm just letting you know." Uh, I'm female and I'm just walking along the laneway, so don't, you know. Now, she appreciated, she stopped and we had a conversation. We walked along to the end of the lane um, and we went our separate ways. But she said, I'm glad you called out, she said, because I wasn't, you know, quite sure. Now, as I said, I'm a fast walker. And if I was walking along and somebody was walking very fast coming up behind me, um, your instinct is to think, what's about to happen? Yes. Am I in danger? So, and tell me, Adrian, uh, is that a natural instinct that you've had all your life, or is it one that has become a bit, shall we say, fired up because of what happened to Ashling and some other women like? Well, it 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 has been fired up with me because um, several months ago I was Sunday morning driving out of McCroom town. And um, there was a car in front of me going quite slowly. So I went to overtake. Now, it's a straight road. There was nothing coming. You know, it wasn't like I was doing anything dangerous. I went to overtake and the car, as I was overtaking, the driver decided to speed up beside me. Mm. So I'm now on the wrong side of the road and he's speeding up. So I um, sat on the brakes to slow down to go behind him and he slowed down. No, so I'm not on the wrong side of the road. He's doing this intentionally. He was goading you. Yeah. So at this point, I just stopped dead in the middle of the road and he stopped dead as well. Now, I opened the window, my passenger window. He opened his driver window and the torrent of abuse I got was beyond the pale. I mean, to say I was an F and this and a, a, the words were, uh, add 10% onto whatever the nastiest thing you can think of is. Okay. Um, now, at I was stunned and a car pulled up behind and he was in such a rant to say he was spitting um, with temper um, and the car pulled up behind the man turned off his engine PJ um, he was getting out of the car the car behind beeped their horn and it was like he was brought back to reality he got back into his car and I looked at him and I put my hand out to say, please drive on. And he said, no, you drive on. So I drove on and he was as close to the back of my car as you can imagine. Eventually I got to a roundabout and I pulled over and he drove off up a laneway. Now I made it home. I got into my house and I have to tell you, I was shaking like a leaf. Um, my son was there and I bawled my eyes out, PJ. I was absolutely, I was never so shook in my life. Yeah. If you had told me this was going to happen, I would have said, honestly, I would have said, oh, I'd have um, argued back with them and said I wasn't doing anything wrong. The truth of the matter is, is when you were put in that position, you were so stunned and shocked. And the fact that he turned off his engine, I had no idea what I was facing. If the car behind hadn't come up, I had no idea what I was facing. I was going to ask that question. Like, yeah. if that car so, behind didn't arrive, you you, yes. you don't know to this day what would have happened. No, the fact that he turned off his engine and he was at this point now, he was fuming with temper. So it took me two days before I went to the Garda station. Uh, because I did, I'd be honest with you, I thought it was a little bit of road rage. Will you stop being so hysterical? 
That's what I was telling myself. But after two days, I couldn't, I was the last thing I was thinking of. Every time I got into the car, I was driving 10 miles under the speed limit. I was petrified. So I went to the Garda station and I told them the story. Now, unfortunately, I, I had a, good, a perfect description of the car, but I'd only partial registration. Um, so the guard in question went out to where he had turned off, drove up that roadway and basically told me that they didn't know who the man was and they couldn't place him because I didn't have a part, I only had a partial registration, Shinawil. Yeah. Now, the reason I'm telling you this story is because I put it up on social media. Okay. On a Facebook page I used to have. No, I've since deleted that Facebook page because the world is after getting too angry, angry and ugly. So, I, you know. Um, so I put it up on my Facebook page. And this is the point I want to say to you, PJ, is everyone bar none said, oh, my God, you'll have to get a dash cam. Yeah. Everybody's reaction was, it was my responsibility. Do you see where I'm coming from? Ah. I understand. Get the dash cam. I understand the idea. I should have had a dash cam. I should have it. Therefore, you can see what's going on. You have it recorded. I would have had the registration, all these other things. But everybody's reaction was, it was my responsibility to sort it out. And that's a mindset, PJ. Yeah. Rather than it being his responsibility not to terrify the living life out here on the side of the road. Yeah. Yeah. Now, his car was spotlessly clean. It was a fairly new car. Uh, it was a good, you know, I mean, it was a, a German good car. Do you know what I mean? Um, so it wasn't like I would have thought that it wasn't down a dark alley with somebody who was on now, a what time of the day car, was this? You, know? you may have said it. What time of the day oh, was Oh, no, this was a Sunday morning. I had literally gone in to get groceries oh my um, in the local the supermarket. So I'm going to say somewhere between 10 and 11 in the morning. Very quiet, very quiet. Um, but that was the reaction on social media um, was for me to get a dash cam. And that, I think, is where part of the problem lies. We are reacting to a situation, not preventing the situation. Yeah, I, 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 know, I know we all kind of have, we have all got, I suppose, a responsibility to mind our own safety in every element yeah. of our lives. We do. Yeah. That's just a human thing. But... Mm. It's not your job to protect yourself from someone who do that to you. It's it's his job not to do it. It's his job, but the the I everybody's reaction was about I should have been more prepared. Do you know what I mean? It was uh, now I went back to the guard station and I said to them, "Was there um, anything else we could do or anything?" And they said, "No." If I ever see the car again, to let them know. How did you feel about that reaction, Adrian? Um. I was, to be honest with you, I had kind of hoped they would have gone through CCTV. I mean, as I said, the road was very quiet. There is CCTV around that road. I'm sure there must be. Yeah. Um, no, I meant in terms no of when, when people came back to you about you, you need to get a dash cam or you should. When, when people seem to be putting the responsibility over on you, how did you feel about that? Um, to be honest with you, I didn't know what else they were supposed to say. What else can you say? point that's a fair analysis you know I mean what what other advice can they give you I mean the immediate thing is yes get a dash cam but there's a bigger problem there you know that we are all supposed to be and I agree with you we are all you know responsible for our own um, safety to a point but the mentality of um, um, the mentality of it was the onus was on me as yeah. opposed to the reaction being you know, what what should be done about this? 
Yeah. You know, um, and I suppose it's it's endemic in that um, you look at people like Andrew Tate and others that are being praised and are getting huge social media followers for what is what is mostly often misogynistic speeches. Yeah. Um, and it's 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 societal. And if the lady in front of me walking was petrified because she could hear somebody walking behind her on an early morning, um, and I had to identify myself to make sure she didn't feel uncomfortable. We are we are living like this all the time, PJ. Yeah. And the reason I suppose I felt responsible for making sure that she wasn't afraid was because of what had happened to me. So yeah. it does stay with you. I'm sure it does. You know? I'm sure it does. No, that was a terrifying thing to happen. And yeah. like you said, only for... And did you did you ever find out who the person who came up behind you and stopped was? No, I didn't. Um, and a few male friends I have, God bless them, contacted me later and said, listen, do you want to get into my car? We'll drive around and see if we can spot his car anywhere just so you have the registration. Lovely people who genuinely wanted to help but outside that there was nothing else anyone else could do yeah. because it is a mindset you can't change a mindset no, you know unless you start at the beginning yeah Adrian and the beginning of course is education yeah yeah that's 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 an incredible story Adrian thank you for that uh, for, for your initial call 0818 96 96 96 a lot of women walk with a key in their hand between two fingers yep I know young women who do that, women of all ages who do that walk and the house key or the car key, usually the car key. You know, car keys tend to have a grand big stubby handle on them. Your car key sticking out between the two fingers and anybody comes near you with with malice aforethought, you know, that'll that'll quieten their, shorten their cough for them, ram it into their eye or ram it up under their chin. It'll shorten their cough. But it's sad that you have to do it. You shouldn't have to do it. You should not have to do that. Or another thing I've often heard is, you know, women who, when they go down a certain street or go into a certain area, they take out their iPod, their their iPods or their earpods, take them out or take one of them out just to stay alert because you never know what might happen. So they avoid certain areas, which they shouldn't have to but they do. Adrian's on the ball, PJ. It's like when older men use the argument, she shouldn't have gone out wearing that. It's asking for trouble. It's victim blaming. It's not the woman's responsibility to cover up. The problem is with the males who attack according to Anna. A whistle is good too, says someone else on the phone because they might think they'll overcome you but they'd be worried about witnesses. Yeah, valid point. Morning, PJ says Shiona. Nothing's been done to change legislation, and no visa, no proper visa department has been set up. There are absolutely no background checks being done. A year after this beautiful young lady's life was taken, nothing's been done to protect Ireland's women or citizens in general, says Shiona. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. I will pull out some of the boyfriends statement yesterday and give it to you maybe after the news his name is is Ryan and he said there isn't a second when my heart doesn't ache for you I I said at the top of the program that it particularly struck me for two reasons one because the horrific nature of what happened 
Secondly, was it happened on my birthday. And it would draw to mind a memory. Something else that, that happened on my birthday, it's a few years ago now, was that, do you remember young Robert Houlihan and all that story from East Cork? Robert was found on my birthday. You, you tend to remember things that happened on your birthday, don't you? The minds are live. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 96 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the Opinion Mind with PJ Coogan. Cards 96 FM. Stuff still coming in about um, Ashley Murphy and her anniversary and whether anything has changed. And people pointing out about, you know, visa requirements. And if you come to this country from another part of the world, you're more than welcome. You are more than welcome. Come see what we have. Work here. Live here. Be part of our country, but behave yourself. And if you don't behave yourself, then you will be punished and deported. A lot of people wanting that set up and set in stone. And incredible story there before 10 from Adrian. A road rage incident, which... She's still in fear, I think, in fear, it's say, as, as a result of that road rage incident. So, lots of that. I'll come back to them all. I will come back to them. 0818 96 96 96. I mentioned before the news, a few people asking us, are we going to talk about Damien English? That's entirely up to you. Uh, Damien English resigned yesterday as a junior minister. It's a planning thing when he was applying for planning permission for what is now his family home. He put in false information is probably the best way to um, to, to describe it. And he, there's a news website, a political news website called The Ditch. There's a couple of young hacks running it and they're doing good work. They're doing very solid, good journalism. I just hope for their sake that they've got legal support because some of what they're doing is very edgy and it's good work. But if you are doing good, edgy work, you need to have uh, your legal side of things well and truly sewn up before you publish because you can end up in a lot of trouble. But they have they were the ones who started this story about Damien English. And now uh, he's resigned. A couple of messages on the phone. Isn't the right and proper course now for the local authority to rescind his planning permission and make him either reapply or to apply for retention? That was being discussed yesterday. Uh, his resignation is what it is as junior minister. What happens now with regard to the council and the permission that he got using this information, that's for the council. That's not a matter for anybody except his local authority. So kind of leave that in, 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 their, in their control. John says he betrayed the trust of his party and his electorate. He'll be there again as a TD in 2025. He shouldn't be allowed to stand again. And there should be a by-election straight away. It's not right. Well, if you were to look up, John, the circumstances in which a TD has to resign from the Dáil, they're very limited, actually. Scarily limited circumstances under which a TD has to, is obliged to, uh, resign their seat. One of them being, actually, if you become bankrupt, you have to resign your seat. There's one or two other circumstances which off the top of my head I can't recall. 
But what's happened with this, John, is not one of those circumstances. He doesn't have to reti- resign his his Doyle seat. And as for being there in 2025 again, well, he'll go before the electorate if he's selected by his party. And if he goes on the ticket, then the, the public of his constituency will have a choice whether to give him back his job or or take his job from him. That's what I love about our electoral system. Just a total by the boy. Like it's it's desperately fair. If if you don't like what I've done, and you don't like how the response to what I've done, you've got a choice in twenty twenty five. You can decide. Well, you're not getting your job back now. If anybody has anything they want to say about Damien English, join that conversation at 0818969696. Or are we just sick of it? Are we just sick of politicians being caught out doing stuff they shouldn't at this stage? We were talking earlier in the week about bouncers, door staff, call them what you will. The new breed of bouncers are all on contract and they stand in the doorway and they've all got their high-vis and their radios and their licenses and their earpieces and times have moved on from, as I was saying, fellas like Don Murray outside the Grand Prix Hotel long ago and John Mack outside Norma Jean's stroke Zoe's long ago. But the, the, the job is the same. You've got to watch the security of the venue. We took a few stories in from callers about things that had happened to them. Um, and the general feeling, and I say general feeling, was that some bouncers, at least some, if not all maybe, but at least some bouncers, door staff, are on a power trip. That because they can stop you, they do. And because they can ruin your night, they do. And because they don't like the look of your runners or they don't like the cut of your jacket or the way you've cut your hair, they can stop you, so they do. It's kind of a power power thing. Robert, you you bounced, as it were, in the past. You're not doing it anymore now, but you you wouldn't agree that fellas are on a on a power trip. Morning. Morning. Yeah, no. We were, well, I mean, I'm going back when I was doing it. Yeah. And our approach was different. We were we were house staff as opposed to contract. And you knew that if you dirty your bid, you were inside or a barricade by the boss, I would be told go. And it was your, it was your, kind of your main source of income yeah. at the time. That's a point you made which is interesting. Back in the day, to use that expression, mm-hmm. most of the bouncers or the door staff were employed by the premises as yeah. their own staff. That's changed now. It's all, it's all contracts. It's all contracts, yeah. And, and there is a difference there. But t- take me back to those days because those were the days when I was... DJing in the clubs and playing in the clubs. Yeah, yeah. So I knew the lads um, on the doors. Yeah, and I mean, we had a more, uh, it was a more softer approach if if we say uh, one of the clientele that were in there and they were leaving and they couldn't, they forgot that they gave their friend the house key, we'd leave them back in, no problem, because 10 minutes later, they were on the way out anyway. Yeah. Today, they, it seems that if you are with a group of of your friends and you walk out they seem to adopt a different approach altogether. Yeah, well we did hear one story there the last few days of one member of a group not being admitted after his friends were gone in or her friends were gone in. So the friends said okay well we're going to come out again then and go away and they wouldn't get their money back. Now that would not have happened they would have thought back then. No, it wouldn't, no. It isn't the case that you waited till they got up to the door and then you 
kind of read them. You were looking when well, they were coming up for trying to lift the head at steady gaze, and there was no issue. We'd, we'd have no problem with that email. I mean, we've often had people say, well, if you don't let me in, I'll get the IRA. Or, <laughs> You're I, or, joking or, me. I'm not. Or he described the house where I was actually living at the time. And he said, he'd do every window from the ground floor up. You're just not going to let him in. Ah, uh, that's fine. I know where you live and I know where you're going. If there's a crack in the wind, I know where to come. But <laughs> nine times out of ten, as it said, we got on the door, we left him off. I know. That wasn't going to happen. Deal with one thing for me, Robert. Yep. Regulars only. Now, that's as old as the door-keeping game itself. Regulars only. And the great question, how do you become a regular if you can't get in in the first place? In the first place, yeah. We never adopted that at the door. If you were correctly presented and we knew you weren't drunk and you, you were able to walk on a straight line, we would have no problem leaving you in. We would always adopt uh, the approach that, you know, at the end of the day, if client comes back and makes a complaint, the boss is going to call you into the office somewhere and would want to know why you um, had adopted that approach. And if you didn't have a, a sort of defense, he wouldn't accept it as behavior on the door. There was uh, another incident uh, that was brought to our attention of a lad who was, because the group was from outside the city, chap was driving, they used to rotate the designated driver role among them, and the guy stopped and accused of having too much take, it was the designated driver, and he said, well, too much what, coffee? But, but, but if you have too much alcohol thing, it will, you will smell it on their breath as they're talking to you. Yeah, but he was drinking coffee and someone said he's had too much taken. Now, when I was doing the door, it's once he had um, the ability to hold a conversation and wasn't drunk and I would have had no problem with him. Yeah, yeah. Is there kind of a, a, a marking scheme, as it were? So I come up to the door of a club. I'm not known as a regular. I may or may not have a couple of points taken. Was it the judgment of the individual or was it that you had a kind of a, if you want, a marking scheme to see was I suitable to let in? Well, again, as I said to you, I would have a chat with you and if you were able to hold a conversation and you weren't falling all over the place, we'd have had no problems. No, as I said, there has been a couple of situations where a gang from out of town came in. Uh, we had no problem leaving them in, but one of the order around and refused to pay for it. Yeah. There's there's another thing that seems to happen these days, and I have no personal evidence that it does, but I'm told that it does. So, And it comes with the contracting of the work. So if I'm stopped at, at venue X, and I say, okay, fine, fair enough, your, your call, and I wander down the road to venue Y, the same contractors are outside the door of venue Y, and my picture or some evidence of what I look like has been transmitted down the line and I can't get in there either well thankfully <laughs> mobile phones back then were not uh, as popular or as evident as they are today so we wouldn't have had any club, any contact with any other club within the town yeah. either through radio or through phones so we, we wouldn't know if Mrs. X or Mr. X was excluded from one club that that we're going to turn around and we're not going to let him in. Yeah. There was rumours when I was in the clubs and I finished about 2001, we'll say, 2002, that 
there was a blacklist, that there was a list of fellas or girls who just didn't get in anywhere. Did you ever see evidence of a blacklist in your time? Not, not in our club, no, we didn't. No. We didn't see anything. No, if you caused trouble, we would, we would not let you in the next week, but we wouldn't bar you indefinitely because you had you one off night with us. We'd just exclude you from the club from the next week and we'd let you back in again. Yeah, all right. Okay, I think things have changed a lot. Robert, it's good to remember. Thank you very much. No bother. Thank you. That's Robert. I somehow think that I never met him on the door in my day, but I somehow think he'd be a fella that, you know, he sounds there like a grand, softly spoken, well moderated man, and I'm sure he is. But I don't think you'd get past him if you were up to no good. Thanks, Robert. Oh, wait, one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Eileen. I was with my seven-year-old grandchild recently. She was absolutely bursting for the loo. I called into a restaurant and said politely to the waitress, could the little one use the toilet? She's bursting. And she said, no, customers only, and walked off. I was disgusted. The poor little one was bursting. She was hardly going to go in and smash the place up. Oh, I know, the customers only thing is a bit of a pain in the neck. Thank you, Eileen. 0818969696. The shortage of drugs, shortage of medicines. Yesterday morning we were talking about the shortage of Calpol and Benelin and Paracetamol and Panadol and whatever you have in your Selfadol. They're in short supply up and down the country. Uh, we'll look into that in a little bit of depth next. <laughs> In 23, we'll cut the cost of living for one loyal listener with the ultimate live free grand prize on Cork's 96 FM. Win a holiday, free fuel, supermarket shopping, computers and electrical, concert tickets, fashion and beauty, free food, and a credit union account with cash. Spending money, money. Listen to Casey and Ross in the morning and all day long for your chance to text or WhatsApp in to win. Live free in 23. With Cork Credit Unions. Here for you always. Starts next Monday. Out is <laughs> Only on Cork's 96 FM. So, and I was in Tesco's this morning, just picking up my usual few bits and pieces. There's the thing, actually, I must come back to the, the price of, of bits and pieces. Ordinary bits and pieces that are gone through the roof. I'll come back to it missed it during the week and I'll come back to it again anyway so there I am in Tesco this morning and I'm just walking away with my bit of fruit and my bottle of water and all that and I'm looking there's Calpol and there's Benland and there's plenty of Lemsip and all that kind of stuff on the on the shelves in the supermarket but still we know that there is a shortage of meds took a call yesterday from our about young Libby who, who can't get her asthma meds and wasn't able to get them over Christmas and we, quite a number of calls in after it about people who need regular meds and can't get them and we know there is a shortage across the board of, of many products let us find out more about it and speak with Fergal O'Donoghue who's a pharmacist with the Feelings Group, a superintendent pharmacist with, pharmacist with the Feelings Group. Morning Fergal Good morning PJ, how are you? 
good. Where are we with shortages of, of everyday stuff that people come into you there and you're in the Grand Parade, I think, come into you looking for? We have shortages of everyday things. Yeah, I, I suppose it's been particularly acute since kind of the build-up to Christmas, just, I suppose, because the demand has been higher. Um, I know there's been a few kind of manufacturing issues there as well that's been affecting the supply chains. Um, generally, we're managing. Um, you know, I think the issue is probably more a continuity issue, that we're not getting things in as regularly as we would like. Yeah. But for the most part, for those, you know, for the essential medicines, we do have them in stock. I, I know kind of across the feelings group, for example, your listener yesterday, or your caller yesterday, was speaking about Calpol and things. We definitely have all the Calpols, most, if not all, the inhalers and um, asthma meds. So, you know, I think for the vast majority um, of the medicines that are essential out there, we, we you know, we're, 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 we're doing well. I read a report in the newspaper the other day, Fergal. I didn't completely get my head around it, but there's a there's an authority, as it was, that watches this. And is it something like 200 meds in short supply at the moment? Varying degrees of short supply. Yeah, that's correct. Um, so the HPRA would be kind of responsible for monitoring that. And um, I think the list could be even more than that. It could even be up to 240 currently. Now, that includes prescription medicines and, I suppose, you know, the one thing I would say with all of that is often there is kind of alternatives. So it might be a particular brand that could be short or it might be a particular strength. Mm. So often we may be able to get around that by, you know, changing the brand or maybe changing the strength and maybe, you know, increasing the amount of tablets being taken. So there is little things we can do to, to try and keep the person on their medicine. So I suppose our focus in, in, in feelings and, and I'm sure across in, in all pharmacies across the country is getting people their medicines and, and making sure nobody is uh, left without. Something that there's a lot of being given out at the moment because of all these various respiratory infections and viruses and lurgies that are around. There's a bit of a run on amoxicillin. We go, go through this thing with me, Fergus, where, or Fergal, where I come into you with a prescription and, and the doctor has said I need to take amoxicillin. and You don't have amoxicillin, but you have something that's as good you can't actually give it to me without the doctor say so, can you? Yeah, that's that's correct. I, the way it is at the moment is if, if a doctor prescribes a particular medicine, so I mean a particular drug, it, we can't change the drug. So we have no authority to change the drug. You know, we can change from one brand of that drug to another. Right. Or maybe we could alter the strength, and you know, in the sense that we, we may be able to give the same dose using right. a different strength, but we have no authority to actually change the drug. So that does create a headache in that often doctors don't know what's on the pharmacy shelves. So they're prescribing, they're prescribing medicines and then when the patient comes into the pharmacy, unfortunately the pharmacy doesn't have it. You know, most of it, it could be a case that a lot of the pharmacies don't have it or all pharmacies don't have it. So mm-hmm. the only thing we can do at that point is, is make a phone call to the doctor to try and get it changed, which I, I suppose creates backlogs, you know. Indeed, indeed. But like if I come in to you, I mean, let's just use amoxicillin because a lot, I know there's a, there seems to be some kind of a shortage at the moment. You may know fully well that you've got another bottle of something that will do the exact same thing for me. You can't give it to me. Yeah, absolutely, and and that is that is just unfortunately the way the law is set at the moment. I see. There is a you know there is a lot of calls. It would it would take yeah it would take it would take legislation to get that wow. changed. Um, so I, at the moment we don't have the authority to be able okay. to change the change a drug like that. And then how does that differ from generics? 
So a generic is the same medicine, but it's just made by a different company. I see. So, you know, it's, it's, it's your Panadol versus your generic okay. paracetamol or, or, you know, so you could, have, you could have six or seven different companies making the same medicine under a different branding. Right. But they're all the same thing. You're essentially giving the person the same thing, but just made by a different company. I got you. I got you. understand that now. So I might come in to you, look, for argument's sake, I might come in to you looking for Panadol. You're, you're out of Panadol, but you can give me another paracetamol in, we'll do it, now I have you. Exactly, does so exactly the same thing. But you so can't like, give me a different product. Yeah, well, obviously with over-the-counter medicines, say we can, yeah. we, can, we can suggest whatever to you, but with, with, as regards to prescription medicine, no, we okay. wouldn't be changing you from one medicine to another without the doctor. Tiny yeah. bit complicated, but there you go, you're explaining it very well. In terms of the stuff that's in short supply, Fergal, We've got an enormous pharmaceutical industry here in in Cork. How come we seem to be, and maybe I'm wrong again here, we seem to be running out of stuff that's actually made up the road? Yeah, I suppose the issue is that we're competing in a, a you know a European market and a worldwide market, and. Ireland, I suppose, probably since Brexit as well, hasn't helped us. We are, you know, a small, a small market, a small economy, um, and we're the only English-speaking nation in Europe as well. So taking these medicines, so for a company, say a big company like GSK or whoever it is, you know, if they don't, if they only have a certain amount of medicines, it's probably less attractive for them to send okay. them to us as opposed okay. to sending them into a bigger market. You know? So just because there's 25 tons of Calpol sitting on a floor or equivalent sitting on a floor in a factory in County yep. Tip, we can't get a half a dozen extra pallets just because we're only down the road. There's a there's a process to go through. Exactly, and often I suppose it's more profitable for companies like that to send them to different markets where it, you know there may, there may be less red tape getting into that market, or it might be that you know for for I suppose the authorization to sell it in Ireland, you know it may not be worth a company's oh. while you know to, to put yeah. it in here. Economics at the end of the day, it's all about economics. Okay, one one last thing. I remember reading another piece during the week, and I think I was quoted a pharmacist up the country somewhere who advised parents not to hoard. Now, the only thing about that, Fergal, is if you have three or four smallies and, and two of them are snotty, you're, you're going to buy more than one bottle and keep it in the press. You, you don't want to be caught without a bottle of Calpol, a bottle of Benelin, a packet of Lemsip. So people are going to do that. So what should they not be hoarding? Well, I suppose the problem with hoarding is it creates problems in itself. So, I mean, if you get into a habit of hoarding, I mean, that's when we end up having issues with supplies. Now, to be honest with you, the, you know, I really don't think there's any major issues in the market that we need to worry about imminently. So, you like your Calpol and all those, you know, there will be availability of those. Yes. You know, so, you know, just to put people's minds at ease, you know, the, the very essential medicines like that, there, there isn't going to be a problem. And even if something, say, like, for example, a certain Calpol was out of stock, I mean, talk to your pharmacy team, talk to your pharmacist, they will be able to suggest another medicine that will do the same thing, you know, will treat the same symptoms for you. Yes. Um, be, be it a different medicine or be it in, you know, a different formulation. Um, okay. All right. Listen, Fergal, thank you. It's been an enlightening conversation. Appreciate it. Fergal O'Donoghue, superintendent pharmacist for the Feelings Group of Pharmacies. So there are shortages, 200-something shortages. But just bear with your pharmacist. They will be able to get it for you. Maybe not in half an hour, but maybe they'll have it tomorrow. But I, that is an interesting one about the prescription medicines, though. That your pharmacist, a well-trained pharmacist like Fergal or like Connor Feeling himself or anyone like that, they know that you've been prescribed the blue bottle, 
using the colours of the bottles just to illustrate my point. You've been prescribed the blue bottle. Uh, they don't have the blue bottle, but the red bottle does exactly the same thing. But your pharmacist can't give you the red bottle because the doctor has prescribed you the blue bottle. And to make that work would require a change in the law. That's a sticking point. 0818969696. Orla sent us a voice note on this one. Hi, PJ. Um, I'm just saying hello and making a comment on the med shortage. We have this about three, four times a year with um, his prophylactic antibiotic, um, Michael's uh, epilepsy medication. And it actually happened there two weeks ago. I had one dose left and I rang the pharmacy and they said they'd none. I was like, oh, I really need it. I'm down to my last dose. And luckily enough, a sister pharmacy had a bottle of it. Um, and I drove out to the sister pharmacy and got it. And it was grand. Like, as I said on my Instagram there a couple of weeks, uh, when, when it happened, like, if I had to go to Derry for it or Belfast, I would. Like, that's how important all of my goods medication are. It's just... And I do not believe in stockpiling. I have a month's supply of every single medication because of long-term illnesses. And I don't believe in stockpiling. Now, I have a stockpile of milk because uh, I accidentally ordered it earlier. But, yeah, um stockpiling is very dangerous for people who need medication on a regular basis, especially Calpol and Nurofen. Um I'm lucky if I have a bottle of that in the house, to be honest. <laughs> um, and yeah, have a good day. Talk to you. Bye. Thanks. Or that's a great way for you to join the conversation should you want to do so at any time. A WhatsApp voice note, 083 on Damien English, bit of interest out there. I suppose, says Michael, Damien English won't be prosecuted or lose his pension rights. Well, Michael, the prosecution is a matter for the local authority if they want to pursue it further. The pension rights, I don't know the first thing about that, but I, I must look up, um, I'll try and dig it out, I must look up the circumstances in which a TD has to resign their seat because they, they're very limited. Very, very limited. John and Cove, it's amazing how bad the memory is in politicians when it comes to filling out their forms. I'd be worried for their health as they get a bit older. Yes, John. And is it another John on the voice notes? With regard to Damien English, there, you're on about him there on the radio, and he's planning an application. Everyone in the area would have known he was involved in politics. So, like, I can't understand where it's all just coming out now. It was there for everyone to see that he had a house or site already. Yeah, 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 I know, I know. Well, he's lost his job as a junior minister. He remains a TD. He'll go before the electorate at the next election if the party puts him forward. And then we'll see what will happen. I would imagine, uh, knowing his vote profile from his constituency and that he's in or around a poll topper, he probably, here's the thing, he probably will retain his seat at the next election. But that'll be up to the electorate to make that choice. 0818 96 96 96. You guys ready? 
Big Drive Home. Weekdays from 4. On Cork's 96FM. January. It doesn't have the best reputation, does it? On the Big Drive Home, though, we're banishing the blues every evening. There's a bit of this. There's a bit of that. Every summer I'd be going to the bog and doing turf. I could confirm a tea break at the bog is the best. And there's a bit of whatever this is. He does a four nipples. Yeah, you had to be there for that one. Basically, whatever it takes to make your journey home that bit easier. So leave the January blues at the door and join me weekdays from four. The Big Drive Home. Cork's 96 FM. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million parents and kids building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash ACAST. That's greenlight.com slash ACAST. You're just trying to look up here the circumstances in which a TD has to resign their seat. They are quite limited, to say the very least. Bankruptcy being one of them. Um, just reading an old Irish Times article from, from years ago where a, a TD was jailed for a month and there was an argument over whether they should have to resign their, their seat. It's, it's, it's not easy to shift a TD from their seat. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. This just clear up your correspondence or some of your correspondence from from earlier. Let's go back to Ashling Murphy and the dangers for women in our country. Kate says we were out walking. The, oh, I read that one. Sorry, the law should be. Ch- yeah. What about the people who come here with no passports? Now this one came up in Alan's call where he went through statistics. So he wasn't making stuff up. He wasn't pulling stuff out of the air. He was reading statistics about the people who don't get deported when they commit crimes here. What about the people who came here with no passports? You can't deport them because they'll just deny it. I don't think people without a passport or some kind of documentation should be allowed in. This is a caller. On the topic of learning another culture and law, I saw people carrying knives and discussing them completely unaware it was illegal to carry a knife in Ireland. They did it near a guard who, to be fair, didn't actually see it. But I did, and I overheard them talking. There were several nationalities. They were speaking English. It was common language to them all. My fear would be that if knife carrying becomes commonplace, it becomes 
accepted. And I, I think you'd have to accept that. There'd be people who would come here from other countries where it's perfectly okay to carry a knife. It's, you know, and they would. But they can't. They wouldn't understand it. On learning languages, Bernie says, I would disagree on the language issue. It was James was making that point. He had to, he was living somewhere else and in order to become a citizen of that country, he had to learn the language. Bernie says, I disagree on the language issue. I think you have to learn the language of the country to some extent at least. I think it applies if you come to Ireland from elsewhere or if you're from Ireland and go elsewhere, it should still apply. Maybe there are some resort areas where you'd make an exception for students on visas, for example, if you're working. But I think that isn't even a great idea because you have to deal with authorities and doctors and so on. Certainly if you have children or are making a life elsewhere, you might need to go to hospital. It's not fair not to have a working knowledge of the language. Yeah, fair point. 0818 96 96 96 on doorstaff. Andrew. Hi PJ, you know as well as I do. I've been in plenty of nightclubs all over the world and I can honestly say I've never witnessed the attitude towards patrons that Cork bouncers have. It's a known fact throughout this county of ours about these bouncers. And the great Kenny Lee used to always say to his door staff, a bouncer's job wasn't to stop somebody coming in, it was to get them out when and only when they caused trouble. That was the origin of the word bouncer. You know, if you cause trouble in the nightclub, well, bounce you out the door. That's where that came from. That's a good point. God rest poor old Kenny. He knew what he was doing. He always knew what he was doing. And you're right, Andrew. If you cause trouble in spiders, you'd be whipped out that door fast as lightning. But you'd be let in. Give it a fair shot of it. Thank you. Now, Ashling, 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 looking at this bill in front of you, your electricity bill, a whopper. Morning. How are you, PJ? Um, well, I tell you now, I was just about to tuck into my lunch in work two nights ago, and the bill came into my email. Yeah. And I think shock was an understatement. Um, like, I have a two-bedroom apartment. There's myself and my two kids. Yeah. I work nights. Um, the kids are either in bed or just playing games. Um, there's hardly there's no one at home during the day, and I got a bill in the door for six hundred twenty-five euros for two months. Six hundred and was that with or without the two hundred euro credit? That was apparently there was an issue with the credit going onto my account, and I actually went on to what was left over from my previous bill. So the six hundred and twenty-five was basically this month's bill. Oh crikey! Now, yeah. obviously, you light the place, and and the kids play games, and you probably got a telly. Are you heating with electricity? Are you cooking? No. There's, uh, like any cooking I do, is generally with the air fryer or the slow cooker. So they're, they're low-energy products. Um, I haven't turned on my heating yet, PJ, I'm afraid to. Yeah. You know, I, but I am one of the lucky few that the apartment, the fact that there's three of us in a small apartment, it kind of it tends to keep itself warm. But I'm dreading if the weather turns and we need to turn on that heating because it's storage heating and everybody knows storage heating ain't cheap, you know. So I'm dreading the day when I have to start turning that on, you know. It's um, it's it's terrifying that in this day and age that energy can be that expensive, especially when the company I'm with are posting profits of 330 million. There you go. You what, what company it's, are you with? It's a matter of um, Electric Ireland. Okay. 
Yeah. You know, it's just, it's greed. It's nothing but pure and utter greed. And the, and the last time, when was the last time you changed suppliers? Um, I only changed um, just under a year ago because I do shop around every year to try and get, you know, because every year you get the welcome credit and things like that. Yeah. So I would be fairly savvy in that regard. But mm. it's amazing. Like, I was looking at my bill from this time last year. This time last year, my average bill was about 290 euros. Sure. You know, and it's like to see how much it's gone up. Now, PJ, I'm I'm one of the lucky few. You know, I can afford to pay that off the next couple of weeks. Yeah. But, like, there are families out there that are, you, you know, I mean, I think it's very ironic. Electric Ireland sponsor PA the house, you know, and with energy prices like this, it's forcing people to, to go down a rabbit hole so far okay. to keep lights on and heat on that they end up in places like Pieta House. You're not wrong. No, it's crazy. It's and just crazy. come back come back to the 200 euro credit come a little confused because I know I was looking at my bill the other day or to see what it might be. It's not up yet. But the 200 quid is there so whatever bill I have amassed that'll be taken off it. What happened with your 200 quid? The I, I pay my bill when it comes in. I just pay it weekly, you know, whatever how much every week whatever you know I kind of dole it out over the eight weeks so there was let's say so just before my bill for this one there would have been an arrear on my account of I think it was something like 160 euros okay so that, that, that's grand that would have been paid off between this week and next week let's say and that was fine anyway um, I asked them about the 200 euro credit they're like oh that's all included so the bill is actually 625 euros with the 200 euro credit I was like are you wow. having a laugh? Like, uh, yeah. That's that's a ridiculous yeah. amount of money. Yeah, so I was like, I didn't know, like when the bill came in, I actually, like the lads in work didn't know what to say to me. I was like, I actually don't know whether to laugh or cry at this stage. Like, no, no. It's just crazy, like, it's crazy. It's a ridiculous bill. Like you say, you're one of the lucky ones. You'll be able to pay it, but still, it's it's painful to be getting something like that in January. Ashley, thank you. No problem. Thanks, PJ. A lot of people with bills, thanks. Thanks, Ashley. A lot of people with bills dropping at the moment, colossal bills, and yeah, the 200 euro credit is helpful. We ran up big bills over Christmas, cooking and heating and lighting and tumble drying and washing and all those things. So some of the bills at the moment are ridiculous. Earlier in the week, there was this story came out in the newspapers, in the Irish Times, Conor Pope was writing about it. The cost of buying groceries has gone up by more than 15%. And I meant to come back to it. I have had the article in my hand there for the last couple of days. Stuff that you buy every day, like ordinary stuff, like fruit and milk and eggs and bread and butter and... In my case, I go through a lot of bottled water, particularly the fizzy stuff. Uh, and because I grow through a lot of it, I try to buy it as cheaply as I possibly can. Um, there's, a, a, there's a Tesco's on the Douglas Road there where I generally stop for my water and my fruit of a morning coming in. And two items in the last 12 months... One is I would buy my little, I'd buy the small bottle of water. Don't at me. I recycle them properly, but I buy the small bottles of water in the cases, you know. And last year, this time last year, that case of water would have been for twelve bottles would have cost me about two eighty, maybe maybe two ninety, sometimes mid two eighty, two ninety for a dozen bottles of water, which I know is as cheap as chips. 
I bought one this morning, cost me four seventy five. So that's practically doubled in a year. And then the bottle of still water, the two liter bottle of still water, the own brand stuff. This time last year, that was forty five cents. Uh, this morning, I paid eighty cents for one of those. It's gone through the roof, and I know lots of it is down to supply chain and. With regard to the fizzy ones, that's down to carbon dioxide and being able to make carbon dioxide to put it in to them. But the cost of groceries has just gone mad. I don't know if you've noticed it. There was also another one that we were looking at earlier in the week too about the stuff that you just will not buy cheaply. You know, we all have certain things that we'll spend money on and no matter how much the cost goes up, you keep spending money on it. I think in particular of, and I'll get a slap off Fergal Barry now for mentioning this, maybe an eam or two possibly. Oh yeah, I forgot you. Cigarettes. Like, no matter how flipping dear they become, people are still buying cigarettes. But if you take shoes, like would you buy cheap shoes or would you buy the most expensive pair of shoes you can afford? They say you should. What about batteries? Batteries for everyday stuff around the house. We... Christmas time, you go through a rake of batteries with lights and displays and stuff. Do you, do you buy cheap batteries or do you buy the more expensive ones? Toilet paper. Some of the cheaper ones, no, you wouldn't, would you? No, 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 no. Vodka, spirits and drink in general. Um, contraception. What kind of stuff would you never buy cheaply? Bed linen is another one. Bread is another one. What kind of stuff would you never... There was an old saying, I don't know whether it's true or not, but there was an old saying, buy cheap and buy twice. I wonder, is that true? Any thoughts on that? At 0818969696. Come here, Premier League Live is back uh, this weekend on 96fm.ie with Trevor and the team. Saturday from midday, powered by Talk Sport. Live coverage of Manchester United versus Manchester City. The Manchester Derby, that's at half 12. Brighton against Liverpool at 3. And Brentford against Bournemouth at half 5. Premier League Live Online brought to you by Harvey Norman, your home of the big screen. You're listening Saturday over on the Corks 96FM app. If you haven't got the app, you need to get the app. Because they're all in there. The Premier League Live and the Hit Mix and the Fit Mix are in there. Our podcasts are in there that we do every day on the show. Get your hands on the Corks 96FM app to listen to Premier League Live or even pop over to 96FM.ie. What's it like having a small shop at these times? I mentioned being in Tesco's of a morning. I'd often be a Super Value, Dunn's, Tesco, whatever. I, but the corner shop is the place that needs our support more than ever uh, Gary Martins with Egmont stores in Churchtown and you put up on Facebook recently a huge ESB bill Gary it must be very hard to run a small shop these days morning morning good morning how are you how's things um, yeah it's awfully hard at the minute um, things are only going to get harder unless um, the prices are clawed back or come under control it's just at this rate, um, we don't know <laughs> how long it'll last or we'll be able to keep the doors open. Your, your bill went from 5,000 to 12,000. Yeah, in 2019, you're looking at about 5,000. 2020, you're looking at about just a shy of 7,000 and now we're up nearly 13,000. Um, Is that for the, the year or for a month or what? N- 
every two months. Every two <laughs> months? Oh my God, almighty. Yeah, so we're at just showing it to 13,000 for two months. So maybe, obviously, November, December will be your when you're going to use use most power. So that this is probably, hopefully, the biggest usage we'll ever see. But then with prices still not under control, maybe next one might be the same with less usage. Um, yeah, so it's kind of... In a place it's, like Churchtown, though, I don't, know, I don't know Churchtown very well. I've not been up there almost since the days of Oliver Reed. I haven't been up there. But, like... Um, is, you kind of have a local audience or a local a local trade there who are going to come to you because they don't have anywhere else to go. Or am I wrong? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we have regular customers. We'd see six, seven times a day. And people will pop in in the morning, milk, rice krispies, and you might see them mm. numerous times throughout the day. Um, so for people who don't drive, now we, lucky enough, we do have a local link now in, and that's going to be trial run for a year, which probably will bring people to town, but also help people yeah. leave the town. On the grocery stuff, and I was quoting <sighs> the stuff there that I buy in the mornings, but stuff like bread, milk, Eggs, water, cheese, butter. Yeah, you've had to put those prices up. All increased, yeah, all increased. Um, you're looking at say on a, on a slice pan since last year, it's increased by about twenty five cent. On milk since this time last year, you're looking at about fifty cent on on two liters of milk. Um, eggs, ten, fifteen cent, half a dozen. Um, even when you said toilet paper, the cheapest of toilet paper is increased by nearly a euro per pack of nine. Crikey. Even the che- even the cheap stuff is 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 increasing. Obviously, we had we had COVID, the war in Ukraine, transport costs have obviously yeah increased. The middleman has to make a few bob. We have to make a few bob, um, so everything is is going up. You understand that, but it's very hard to pass that cost on when you're coming down to the nitty gritty of essentials. You cannot sure. charge extortionate yeah. prices. Yeah, yeah. For old, certain old, old Mrs. Old Mrs. O'Sullivan's pension. Well, she's putting a few things in her basket. Her her pension hasn't gone up that much, and you can't overcharge her. No, because we know we'll lose customers, and we're not trying to compete with your littles and all these. Where we never are, whenever we, we're never going to compete. We just want to provide an honest service to honest customers locally, and yeah. uh, pay the bills, make a few bob at the other end, and put put, put food on my family's table. Yeah. That's, here, that, I, that's the end of it. Come here to me. What's a dub doing in Georgetown? <laughs> <laughs> you can't hide it, fella. <laughs> No, um, I'm actually I, I moved I moved to Budavent first, and then I moved over to Churchtown quite recently. My my partner she she's Budavent. I see. So I came down. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't you couldn't hide that one if you tried, Gary. Thank you, uh, and uh, continued success to you at Eggmont Stores in Churchtown. The minds are live. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Extra WhatsApp 083 396 96. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the opinion mine with PJ Coogan. Oh, it's 96fm. Damien English. Tom says he should resign his seat. Give him what he's done. Isn't he the same fella who inflicted bicycle lanes on us? I don't know. I'm not sure Tom did Damien English have anything to do 
<clears throat> with bicycle lanes, but but he doesn't have to resign his seat in these particular circumstances. I promise if I don't get them by t- 12 o'clock today, I was doing a quick Google there during the news, I can't seem to find them, but I promise you by Monday, look, it'll still be in the news, by Monday I'll have found out the circumstances, or refreshed my mind rather, on the circumstances in which a TD must resign their seat, but I can tell you what has happened with Damien English is not a seat resignation matter. Of course, the people of his constituency will have the opportunity to turf him out if they want to at the next election. That's a matter for them, which is an awful political answer, isn't it, PJ? 0818-969696. Before the news there, we're talking, or early this morning, talking to Ashling. She got this whopper of an electricity bill. She has a two-bedroomed apartment. Uh, she hasn't turned her heating on. I assume that she is washing and probably has a washing machine and maybe even a tumble dryer, which you kind of have to have when you have small children. She has two kids. Um, But she got an electricity bill of €625. Her €200 credit had gone to clear in arrears on a previous bill and that's a whopper. And the electricity bills are starting to land now for this sort of November, December time and... People are living, I suppose, living in fear is is, is a very fair description. Uh, Kathleen in Clonakilty, morning. Hi, TPJ, how are you? How are you? You're with Electric Ireland as well. I'm Electric Ireland, yeah. I was just thinking, like, that she, I know it's very hard to get them on the phone, any of the electric companies, but, um, you know, like, she should have, this was the second lot of credit that we got in you know, our bill for mine was in December. That's right. So we got one before that, but then they announced the three in the budget, so we've got one of that. And then, like yourself, I got, I looked up my account, so I've gotten the second one towards my next bill now. Yes, that's sitting so there. So yeah. would she not like, wouldn't you think she'd be after getting all that credit as well? She did. She did. But you did see, she, she get the two lots. So. She did. But she pays oh. off her bill, she was explaining to me. And and look, she's very straight up about it. She's oh, in a position. I know she is, she's yeah. in a position to pay that money. Oh. But, but 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 she pays a bit every week or a bit every fortnight or whatever when she gets paid and she looks after her. But it's just she wasn't expecting such an enormous bill for a two bedroom apartment. Yeah, because there there was other people around the radio there during the year as well, and they challenged it. And I think they went back to the meat reading themselves then, and there was big. Um, reduction then when they actually got back to the company. Yeah, yeah. You know, are they re- are they actually reading the meters? I wonder properly, or what? You know, you'd be wondering. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot of money for her. And I guess if your bill is an estimate, because if you don't have a smart meter, mm. not not everybody does yet. We're supposed to have one put in in the next few weeks, but if you don't have a smart meter, some of your bills are an estimate. And I, I forgot to ask her that. Maybe it's an estimate. It's probably an estimate, all right, yeah. I got a smart meter, I, I think I have mine about two years now. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, but I paid some off every week in the post office in just to be in the credit, you know. I know. As well, which is a, a good idea for people that can do it, like. That, but, yeah, not everybody can with the cost of groceries can, going exactly, through the roof yeah. and everything else, you know. And let, let alone the gas bills coming in. Yeah. So we got, we electric car and customers got 50 euros credit extra as well this month. All right, okay. Okay. Yeah, so I said I'd let you know that. Yeah. <laughs> so you no, I'm, extra. Well, well, I'm on, I'm currently on a, a dual 
fuel package with with um, board gash, and and I've oh. I've talked before. It's not too bad actually. I, mm. To be, I'll be very fair because when I moved, I moved over there at the end of last year, at the end of twenty one, um, used bonkers, and moved, and I did. So I absolutely have saved money, but but now I'm looking at that particular deal coming to an end. And I'm on bonkers looking for another one, and there ain't a whole pile out there. No, I was lucky enough. Uh, the company I were with, Iberdrola, they were called. Yeah, they pulled out of the market. They didn't pulled they? out of the market, so I was put back straight to Electric Ireland. Then that's right. That's right. So that's I got right. a new contract in July, and it's it's actually it's very good. So you got brought in as a new customer. Yeah, and I find it very good now. To be yeah. to be fair, it's gone down. Well, what? Well, well, yeah. Uh, but we, we're we're cutting back anyway. We're plugging stuff out at night and everything now. You know, you have to. You do. You do. You do yeah. really. You have to. You know. You have to. You have to watch it. Yeah, and yeah. The, and the, the, the thing about it is, it's the weather has been shocking. Oh, it's With, atrocious. The lady called yesterday. She made a good point. You know, so many people are not using the tumble dryer. Yeah, that they're, could be another reason. They're people dry, are getting they're, sick. They're, yeah, they're dry. Yes. Because if you're, you're letting the if the heating on to heat the house, you have to mm. heat the house, and then you put up your your washing and stuff on yeah. a, on, a, on a clothes horse and all that damp and all that, you know, and yeah. and, and maybe it's that's bad. It is bad. It it it's is bad, bad for if, people. Yeah, and, and of course the wholesale price is going down. You, you really do wonder, do you know, Kathleen? Don't you? Who is making money here? Wouldn't you? In everything, yeah. Every as you said this morning, everything is going up. I just noticed that last night again. Yeah. Just, uh, I know it's only small items. Cat food's gone up again. Do you know these sort of... But you see, it's the small things yeah. that you have to have. Yeah. You have to You have to feed yeah. the poor old cat, like. You have to feed the cat, yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> she feeds herself there in the summer, all right, but... <laughs> no, you have to feed the great hunter. And you need, you, you, you can't not, you, you have no. to have bread, you have to have milk, milk? you have to yeah. have eggs, you have to have butter. Yeah, it's all cheese, those things, all, right, all the yeah. things without which you yeah. won't, you know, you won't go hungry. I remember the great Brendan Dempsey from Vincent de Paul always saying to me before, if you have a loaf of bread and a block of cheese in the fridge, no one's going to go hungry in that yeah, house that true, day. Yeah, you know? that's so true. But those things yeah. are going up. You know? Crazy altogether, yeah, yeah. I don't know where it's going to stop, or is it going to stop? It is, it is scary, actually. I have to say, it is. It is. Yeah. It is very scary where things are going. Kathleen, thank you for your call. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Your thoughts and your bills, your figures. Uh, Antoinette sent one in there. Now the big long list. There's a discount because she's a new customer. She got her two hundred euro credit from the government. Blah, blah, blah. And she still lands with €106.59. €106.59 isn't a bad bill. But when you consider that that's minus the 200 from the government, that would have been €306.59. And then another discount because you're a new customer of 106 So you'd have been looking at 300, 420 would have been Antoinette's bill without all the credits she got. That's a lot of money. It really is. 0818 96 96 96. Sinead, where, where did you hit that pothole that absolutely destroyed the wheel of the car? Where? Morning. Um, it was just outside the garden centre in McCroom's. It was on the left, or not McCroom, sorry, in Kenturk. It was just on the left-hand side. Right. And it was your sister was driving, yeah? 
it was yeah my sister was driving my mom was in the car they were actually going to look at my sister's house to see the progress on it I see um, so they went off journey and it's kind of I suppose they paid the price for it in the end yeah the photograph tells its own story but, but what kind of a hole was this where was it in the middle of the road side of the road where was it um, it was on the left hand side of the road but she did say that like there was cars coming towards us, so she couldn't physically avoid it, and there wasn't enough time to stop as well with the amount of rain and everything that we've had over the last few days. Yeah. So she said that there was no kind of choice, and she drove on a little bit because it, it, I suppose it took a while for the sensor to come up on this car to say that the wheel had gone, um, and then it just completely blew out on her. Wow. Frightening. Yeah, it was. Um, I suppose she hasn't, she hasn't long passed the test, and I suppose it, it did give her a bit of a fright. I think my mom got the worst fright, really, because it was on her side of the car yeah. um, and the balance that it gave. But, um, yeah, it, it was pretty bad damage. She was very lucky. Yeah, what kind so of speed were they doing? I mean, like you said, she only just passed her test and it's a country road. But what kind of speed were they doing? She's, um, I suppose she's really familiar with the road anyway, so it's obviously between Kenturk and Fremont. So she knew that it, it, it is a bad road. Um, so she wasn't. she said she wasn't even doing above 70 because she was aware of the conditions and things yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, so she was taking her time. Like, is that a bad road in general? I know it's probably narrow and typical country road, but is it bad with regard to potholes? Um, it's usually okay. Um, like I suppose, any road at the moment in Ireland is average. Yeah. Um, but, like, she, she was up at the house yesterday or the day before and that pothole wasn't there. Oh, so, within a matter of 24 hours, this had appeared. Oh, crikey. So, I know I know we have had heavy rain, um, and that is a, a lot to do with it, and it's a, a massively travelled road. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, it was a bit of a shock for her, really. I'd say, I'd say. Is she all right, like? She's fine, yeah. Good, good. She, um, she was able to, I suppose, get the spare wheel put on, because I had said to her, you know, by no means... Um, attempt to uh, get someone out to put a new tyre on the wheel because it would have to be checked to make sure it wasn't cracked or anything and she was very lucky that the wheel wasn't cracked um, and there was no damage to the alloy itself so I suppose yeah. in the long run that saved her a little bit of money but um, Was, it, was there a spare in the car? She did, yeah. She had That's all right. So many yeah, cars these days don't have a spare like. Yeah. No and a lot of cars at the moment they, they won't come with a spare you're required to get your own spare. Um, so she was very lucky that she had it in the car, but she um, got the spare tyre put on, or the spare wheel put on, and she went into Kenter, into uh, Jerry O'Connor's, the tyre centre. I see. And they checked the wheel and everything for her, and so there was no damage to it, surprisingly. Good. Yeah, you would be very surprised looking at the state of it there, the picture. In general, in that area, it's not a place I visit all that often, but in general, what are the roads like up around there? Um, they are fairly bad at the moment around the, the Hallow area. Um, like I do a lot of travelling with work, so I'm all over the place. And I mean, I was coming through Bohovi the other day, and oh my God, the the whole I suppose road was basically covered in potholes. Yeah. That you to avoid the massive ones, you had to go into the smaller ones. Oh yeah, you see this big one coming up, and you go, oh, I'm going to get away from that, and then bang, you're inside yeah. in the little one. God. Exactly, and it, it was very bad. That one was quite bad as well but yeah they're just really bad at the moment and there was a few on the way into Kenturk as well 
Um, but I think the council were out during the week fixing that. They were out until about nine past nine in the night fixing it. Um, but I suppose they knew the heavy rain on top of it. So whatever they're putting in is coming back out again. Yes. It's been washed back out by the next shower yeah. of rain. All right. I hope your sister is, I mean, on the road a week or so on your full licence and for that to happen, it would put you off it very fast. Yeah, exactly. She was okay. I think my mom got the brunt of it being in the passenger seat. But, um, no, she she's okay. Like, um, Good. I suppose she just knew that with the, the way the roads were at the moment anyway, she was taking her time, which I think Good. was the best approach, really. I think the best advice to anybody travelling to your part of the world is watch out for potholes the size of caves. Yeah, exactly. And I suppose with the rain at the moment, they're filling the holes. So you might you might just think it's like a puddle or a flood. And lo and behold, it's a, underneath it is this massive pothole. So I think that's the the other thing. You know, you're trying to avoid the flood, but there, there could be potholes elsewhere. Okay, Sinead, thank you for that. No bother. <laughs> Cheers. The picture that was on Corkbio, the car, the wheel was mangled, the tyre was mangled, but they're lucky there wasn't more damage done. Martin, morning. Morning, PJ. Is that your measuring tape inside the pothole? Yeah, yeah. How yeah. deep was it? Well, to the water level, it was seven inches, but to the top of the hole, it was closer to ten. Where did you come across that? That's Bohub Wee. Right. And what kind of damage? Uh, uh, Mallow Road. What kind of damage did it do? Uh, tire, wheel. Uh, the wheel's got to be welded. Uh, front bumper and the skirt it has come off because the car grounded out as it went through the hole. Yeah, of course. Um, plus, uh, there's some damage to the steering and so on, which I won't know about until it's been inspected on Monday. Crikey, you have a few quid to pay out there, Mel. Well, definitely, yeah. Yeah, definitely. I was taking my wife down to Cork for a meal because she's recently lost her mother. So I was taking her out to cheer her up. Yeah. And, uh, well, as you could see, we didn't get much more than three miles away from the house. I'd say not, yeah, yeah. Now, you're going to bring, you're looking at bringing the bill to the county council, I think, if you can. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Why? Well, I mean, I'm paying 700 quid a year road tax. Yes. I have to have an NCT on my car to prove that it's it's um, fit to drive on the road. Yes. Why aren't the roads fit to be driven on? Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're 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 a man from the UK by the sound of your voice. I, I am. I, yeah. I don't know what yeah. part you come from, but how would rural London. Road, from London? So you, would you have much rural driving over there? And if you do, what, yeah, yeah, I used to. Yeah. How yeah, would the roads yeah. compare? Well, I, I mean, I've I've been here nearly 12 years now. Right. Um, but when I well, certainly when I was over there, I, I didn't see roads like they are here now. Having said that, a lot of my friends say the roads are pretty bad over there now. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, 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 I'm just absolutely furious about it. Yeah, yeah. And has it been uh, filled uh, since you had your accident with it? No? no, no, I've been up there this morning. It's still the same. In, in fact, uh, yesterday afternoon, I drove past there again and there was somebody else parked up on the pavement changing their wheel. Oh, God. And I put a post on Facebook, and I've had 80, uh, 88 last time I looked comments on on that particular hole. Yeah. It's, yeah. Been, it's, been there, it's been there a long time, and they have filled it in the past. 
But obviously, like, like like the lady said just now, it just gets washed out again. Yeah. Well, it's what they fit it with, you see, Mark. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I mean, it, it, just recently around here, we've had um, fibre optics put in. You know, people have been around digging up the road. Yes. Um, to, to, to put different pipes and wires and what have you in. But they when they fill it up again, they fill it properly. Yeah. In fact, if you look at the picture of the hole I hit next to it is where they recently dug a trench and all that tarmac is still there. Yeah. There's not a problem with it. It's, it's, it's what they're putting in it. I'm not saying the lads are doing a bad job no. because they're only doing what they're told to do. They're working They're you working know? with what they're given to work. They are all the time with the lorry going around filling the holes. Yeah, but if, you but, fill, if you're you only know. filling them, if you're only filling them with, with soft toes. Yeah, they're just filling, it's just, it, it, it's, it's cold tarmac basically, and it's getting it's patted down with a shovel, and then the first truck that hits it, it's all gone. <laughs> <You know>. <laughs> <laughs> or, or as soon as it rains. I mean, I know we've had bad weather. I understand that. But, you know, I had two new tyres before Christmas, one in early November, um, one about a month before that because of potholes. And now I've, now I've lost one of them tyres, plus the wheel, plus there's, I'd say, over a £1,000 worth of damage done to the car. Crikey. I can't drive it at the moment. It's sitting on the drive. I can't use it. Yeah, yeah. Until you get it properly checked out, and you you are yeah. going to you're you're going to bring all the all the bills into the county council and say, "Come here to me, lads." Yeah, I'm paying, and and that's a great well, point you make. You're paying enough, and you're paying enough in road tax. Yeah, I'm paying over seven hundred pound a year euros. Sorry, yeah. a year, to, and I and I what keep you, me NCT up to date. What are you driving? This costing you that much money? Uh, uh, Jaguar X type. Oh, right. Do you know Anne is right? Anne is right. Anne was just on the phone there. She goes, "It sounds sounds like a character from EastEnders." <laughs> and there you are now with your Jaguar X5. Ah, <laughs> oh, don't, 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 don't. Yeah, I've had, I've had Jaguars nearly all my life, and uh, that's why I used to get in England because I've got cropped hair as well. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah, you're drawing your own picture, haven't you, PJ? <laughs> you know what? Well, I, I can't get, I, I can't get away from it now. Yeah, it's lovely to but, talk. But uh, you know, going going back to the roads, yeah. I mean, you know, I I keep my car in in good condition, as everybody knows me will tell you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I I keep the NCT up to date. I keep the tax up to date, and obviously the insurance. Well, I'm doing my bit. Yes. 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 That's all. I'm, that's, that's the only point I yeah, want to make. You've and, got and the I, right to expect good roads to drive on. Yeah. Yeah, and the last two times it's happened, it's cost me a hundred pounds each time with tyres, yeah. and I haven't said anything. Well, I, now I've decided I'm, I'm going to make a bit of a fuss, if you like. I think I think you, I think you're right. Someone's saying here they should organise a royal visitor because all the potholes in the city were filled in when Prince Charles came. It does the trick. <laughs> well, if you, if you if you drive around the roads, you know, down West Cork and in the Kerry, yeah, where the tourists go, the roads are fine. That's a good point, Martin. And you know where where, where we live, it's absolutely it's a disgrace. It really is. I mean, I know we have a lot of tractors and so on going around, mm. but you know, if the, if the holes were repaired properly, yeah, it, it wouldn't be as bad. You know, you can't expect to drive along a road and it be like a billiard table. Yeah, you can't you can't expect that. There there, there is going to be problems, especially with the weather that we get. Yeah. 
But you know, it, it, uh, all you know, I just, I mean, the Irish are, are world famous for building roads. Yes, I mean, they, you know, they built the M25 uh, and the M11 in England. I remember in the seventies they built the M11, yeah, and, and then yeah. roads are still sitting there with no problems. It's true. It's true. It's true. You it's know, true. it's true. But it's an advert, isn't it? All right, Martin. Listen, thank you. Great talking to you. Good man. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Would I be in trouble if I did? The Cork Diary. Cork's 96 FM. The CSPCA will be holding a free volunteer information evening on Thursday, the 19th of January, at the CSPCA facilities on the Link Road, Mahon Point. If your New Year's resolution is to volunteer with a charity, now is your chance. Join this information evening and learn all about the CSPCA, their mission, the animals in their care, and how you can help them. The information evening begins at 7 o'clock, and more details can be found on cspca.ie or eventbrite.ie If you have an event you would like mentioned email the details to corkdiary at 96fm.ie The Cork Diary With corksimon.ie Because everyone who calls Cork home should have one Corks 96fm Randomly, John says it's cheaper to go to the pub than stay at home in Weatherspoons pint of Foster's or a pint of Strongbow. Oh, there's a fine drink. Strongbow. Or a p- <laughs> Foster's Beamish. 280 a pint in Weatherspoons. Is that the linen weaver in town? Good Lord. <laughs> oh, 0818 96, 96 96 You know you get in trouble now, John, for recommending Weatherspoons. Lots of people say, oh, you shouldn't be talking about Weatherspoons. Could you go away? 0818 96, 96 96 I'm trying to clear as much of my correspondence as I can. On prescriptions, G asks, and this is interesting, and maybe a doctor could tell us whether or not this could be done. Earlier, talking to Fergal, for Fergus rather, from the pharmacy, who said that if... So let's do it to the red and blue bottle again. Let's make that the red and blue bottle comparison without naming products. So I come in to the pharmacy with a prescription for the red bottle. And... The pharmacist doesn't have the red bottle, but knows, because they're a pharmacist, and this is what they're supposed to know, knows that the blue bottle will do exactly the same for me. They can't give me the blue bottle. They have to give... Unless they can ring the doctor and get the doctor to change the prescription over the phone so they can give me the the blue bottle. PJ on prescriptions asks G, could a doctor not prescribe one drug and a second option too so the pharmacist can manage it? Surely the doctor knows what other meds will also fix the issue if there's a shortage of one particular drug. Well, G, two things there. First of all, yeah, the doctor's probably got enough to do than be thinking of alternatives. And as Fergus said, generally the doctor believes that the appropriate medicine will be in stock. But sometimes... And I say this without fear of getting a battering for it. Sometimes the pharmacist actually is sharper when it comes to knowing what the red bottle and the blue bottle, that if the red bottle isn't there, the blue one will do exactly the same. Sometimes the pharmacist is sharper in that department because that's what they do. Thank you. 0818 96 96 96. Right, it's half 11 on Friday. We want to have a bit of fun before we finish out 
for the weekend. Um, Focus on work all day and prepare for play later. As the moon refocuses many of your goals into something brighter and bigger. Someone who's recently joined you on a team has an unusual offer to make. By tonight, you'll be in such strong togetherness mode, two people move towards a single future. Well, tonight, I'm going being taken out for dinner for my birthday. So whatever that's got to do with. Someone who's... I'm reading my stars, by the way. Mystic Meg, or was it Septic Peg, we used to call her sometimes. Mystic, from, the, from the sun. Uh... <laughs> That's my. Do you still do you still read your horoscope? And has any anything you've ever read in a horoscope has it come true? And I don't mean like reading yesterday's one and thinking, oh yeah, so that's what was. Go-. No, have you ever read a horoscope and it's actually come true? Like, do you remember? Do you remember this fella? This this guy was he was when we were talking about this in the office yesterday. This guy's name came up, and Septic Peg, but this guy came up. Russell Grant. The great Russell Grant. And what he's doing, uh, nowadays I think he gets voice artists or voiceover actors to, to do it, but he was a big, he was a big star. He was a big celebrity. He used to be invited on morning television shows and nighttime television shows was Russell Grant. And any time that there'd be something happening, like even they'd bring him on. I remember this well, like it was only yesterday. They'd bring him on the telly on a Friday to look at the possible outcome of the FA Cup final, bearing, given the star signs of the players on it. That's how seriously they took him. Now, Anne, um, Anne is a fan of horoscopes and, and reckons, you reckon they've helped you, Anne. Um, was it the newspaper ones, or did you take it more seriously? Because there, I just read the 150 or 60 words that Mystic Meg has every day, but you can get much deeper ones. Was it that? Was it there you went from the newspapers to looking into it more deeply? Morning. Hi, how are you? So I suppose, you know, like when I was a teenager and stuff, I would have read the, the horoscopes in magazines and that kind of thing, like I'd say most... Uh, a lot of young people would have, um, but I suppose I never really took that too seriously, just a bit of fun. Um, but I have gone to like, um, you know, like a proper astrologist who's studied for years and years and does it as their, you know, I think she has like a degree in astrology um, and she would have done like my whole birth chart. So they do your whole birth chart, which is where, everything was in the sky at the time you were born, the planets, etc. And then they, she would compare it to what's going on in the sky now and come up with lots of conclusions um, from there. And were you surprised by what she found? Yeah, I was, you know. I mean, look, I wouldn't be able to sort of go into detail about how it works. I think it is quite complicated. I don't know exactly how it works. And I have been sceptical from time to time. But every time that I have gone to her, I've found it really in-depth and really pinpoints things about my personality and uh, personal life at the time. Um, So I have been surprised and I have found it really, really helpful. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Would you have 
in a chart, say the first time that she did a chart for you and, and you're mm-hmm. reading it out, where you say, God, that is me to a T. Yeah, definitely. Really? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, and I suppose, you know, it's probably good to go into it with a certain amount of scepticism rather than just like blindly believing everything. Um, and yeah, just seeing what seeing what comes out of it then, you know. Mm. So you wouldn't be like, picking, uh, you wouldn't be picking up the sun or the star or and that, for, but you'd, you'd get your chart done. Yeah, I don't really read newspapers anyway, but I would probably get my chart done or, um, you know, go to her maybe once a year. Right, right. Um, yeah. And look, there's a lot of scepticism out there. I've, I've talked to astrologers who, who do charts uh-huh. and I've, I've been offered to have my chart done by my more than one. I've never done it. I've never taken it up. I think you'd be half afraid of what I find. <laughs> but, but still, though, like there's there's no doubt there's a science to it. I think so. I mean, I think most people, a lot of people anyway, can agree that the full moon has an effect on on your body and on people. Oh, yeah. um, oh, so, yeah. you know, I, I think probably these great how, how long does it take to you. Get, how long does it take to get a reading? So you go and you meet her and you sit down. How, does, how long does it take and how does she do it? Uh, well, the woman that I've gone to, um, I'd be quite friendly with her as well. So we'd probably get into a few chats um, you know, we'd probably go off topic a few times, so sure. um, I would say <laughs> roughly an hour, but maybe an hour and a half if uh, if it was okay. gets chatty as well. And um, is it a computer program she uses or what? Yeah, I think she uses a computer program uh, now, whereas probably people uh, back in the day would have sort of, you know, like a mathematical formula, because that's what it is, figuring out where things were in the sky at the time is... You know, we know the the movement of the planets, and we know the speed of the planets to yeah. a, to a point, and you can work it out that way. But yeah, I think it's mostly would be done on a computer program now. Also, the woman that I have gone to also uses tarot cards as well in conjunction with her um, uh, astrology readings, and I found that really, really uh, incredible as really, well. Really, really. Mm. really. To be honest, yeah, yeah. Like, I would like to, <laughs> I'd like to prove it wrong, but I have found it really uh, yeah, the, yeah, the tarot interesting. Is, is, in, is interesting. Um, mm-hmm. I, I only ever had, and it was only somebody messing with a set of tarot yeah. cards. Uh, it's 10 years ago now or more. Um, mm. Messing with a set of tarot cards and kept turning over the same one with a big yeah. cup on it for me. <laughs> Oh, well, that's um, like abundance or something, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, and someone said to me, oh, my God, you're in for a change. And I said, would you go uh-huh. with that? And about about six months later, I got this job. Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, that's interesting, isn't <laughs> it? You know what I mean? So like, there, was something, there was something happening. There was a, there was yeah. a, a, yeah, there was a woman in Cove, Helen Barrett, the, the white witch. Mm. Um, oh, she, right. She, we used to, she used to, do stuff on air for, for people. She was hugely popular. You never visited her. You never met her, no? No, no. The name rings a bell, but I haven't met her. No. no. Do, you ever, do you ever have any prediction that your astrologer made or observation that she made that that came through and you said, "Wow." I'm trying to think now. Um, like maybe not as specific as. 
that, but I've definitely been given advice on, you know, um, so I've gone in and said, look, I'm thinking about doing this, um, changing my job and getting into a new job and things like that. Mm. Um, and I had a certain idea and I was told that actually not to do that and to maybe give a go at coming up with something that I can do uh, to become un- uh, not unemployed, sorry, <laughs> self-employed, sorry. Mm. Um, and was given some kind of insights into to things to focus on. Um, and so I have taken that chance now and I'm really at the very beginning stages, but it is, um, I've got so much work lined up oh, really? for this year. Yeah, yeah. Wow. So you know, I was I was going to play it safe and um, get another job in the, the line of work that I was doing, but I didn't really want to. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I have taken that chance now. I'm just at the beginning stages, but yeah, like I said, it's I I actually I'm really excited now. I think uh, it's and that go came really up well. in a reading, was it? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's interesting. What about yeah. relationships? Do you ever get advice on relationships? Yeah, <laughs> I definitely have. Yeah, I think um, a lot of people would go for relationship advice, and I have indeed. Yeah, um, I've been told. So I'm absolutely making the wrong decision <laughs> a few times. <laughs> and um, yeah, I've, I've taken some good advice in that department for sure. Um, and also just been kind of like maybe, I'm just trying to think the right word, but like advised that not to put so much energy into thinking about relationships and that that time in my life will will come at a different time maybe Um, and that it's more about sort of setting up my home life and my work life and things like that and if I concentrate more on that that the rest will follow sort of thing so yeah it's going well so far you know yeah yeah (laughs) yeah (laughs) I'm getting no more out of this one (laughs) Give me the giggles now. (laughs) And I've enjoyed our conversation. Thank you very much. Anne is a big fan of the horoscopes. She takes it quite seriously, gets her own one properly read by an astrologer uh, every so often and takes the advice. She gets tarot as well. There was, I won't use the name because I'm probably wrong. Um, There was a woman in Cork years ago. I will use the name I think it was, in case I'm right. I think her name was Mrs. Godsell. I may be wrong on that. But she used to do a playing cards thing. Not tarots, or not, and, but regular playing cards. So much so you could bring your own deck of cards in your bag. And she would do a series of shuffles and cuts. I think four or five she used to do. And then based on the five cards face down on the table, she'd turn them over and she'd make a prediction. And she was supposed to be brilliant at it with, with, with just playing cards. Tarot was another thing. Loads of people try, you can buy a set of tarot cards in magic shops or joke shops or trick shops. And I don't know if, if anything's ever come up for you on the tarot. And as I said, we were purely messing. Someone I knew uh, who who had a set of tarot cards and Go on, go on, go on. Follow literally following the instructions on the box. Kept turning over this 
cup is overflowing thing for me and then I got this job. I'm not saying my cup is overflowing, but, well, might have been something in it. But does anybody remember that? It Probably older listeners would remember it, but I, I do remember a story of a woman who used to do that with playing cards in Cork. Is there anything in it? Have you ever had a prediction made that couldn't possibly have been a guess? Couldn't possibly have been a guess and came through. Helen, the, the white witch, Helen Barrett, she was a dinger for that. She frightened the living Jiminy out of people because she'd say something. I remember one story of a, of a woman who went to, to Helen and they were talking about something else entirely and Helen was going through this, that and the other reading the palm and all that kind of crack and as the woman was leaving Helen said oh by the way, will you do the test again? She goes, what? Do the, do the test again the pregnancy test? Yeah, do the test again, says Helen. They, they hadn't discussed pregnancy, they hadn't discussed family. Do the test again, says Helen. And the woman went home and she'd done a test that morning, a pregnancy test, and it was negative, and she did one that evening and it was positive. <sighs> Anyone got a story like that? 0818 96 96 96. Right, we're running our music panel survey again. If you want to win a hundred euro pennies voucher, you need to vote for the fresh new music that we play. And that hundred quid could be yours. You need to take a ten minute online survey at 96fm.ie. You can do that today. It's the Cork's 96fm music panel. Choose the tunes and that could win you that hundred euro voucher. Go and do it now or go and do it as soon as the show's over at 96fm.ie. Some more stuff. Oh, by the way, if you're interested in my canine companion, the waiting list to express an interest in getting a dog from my canine companion, the wonderful work they do, uh, that waiting list opens today. If you're interested in getting in, onto that, if you need to be part of that, it opens today. On Damien English and stuff still coming in about Damien he's been replaced by the way his job has gone to another TD, another Dublin TD I think Neil Richmond will be has been appointed to, to that gig uh, 0818 96 96 96 someone had a, I'll get to the comment, back to Ash, there's loads of stuff there on Ashton Murphy, I'll get to as many as I can of them before we finish but Cork Business is doing really well at the moment on the awards circuit Cronin's in Crosshaven have just won a pub of the year which is a huge achievement given that they were nearly devastated by a flood not so long back and great to simply get down there uh, over the spring for, for a point and a few months back we were talking to Julia Hegarty Board who's down in Doris at Carberry Cottage Guest House uh, and you won you won a major award from Georgina Campbell Julia, congratulations morning Good morning, PJ. Many thanks. Yes, we were thrilled. You know, like a lot of people, it's been a couple of sort of tough years and we changed direction and concentrating on, on the pet friend. We've always done it, but we thought, let's go big time. That's what we'll do when we sort of get going again. And to sort of get that accreditation sort of endorses what we feel is what we want to do. So, yeah, getting an award for what you want to do is not bad, is it? Yeah, you're, 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 the, you're the pet friendly... Um, guest house we talked about before. Remind people what you do that others don't. 
Well, we welcome dogs, and I mean, you don't have to have a dog, but uh, we prefer it if you do, really. And we've got um, a big sort of 60-metre run, an agility course for them, where they can be let off safely and uh, run, and we've got to walk around the grounds. Um, they have to be on leads then, because we've got a lot of outside animals, but... Um, it's just yeah, making it easy for people to come away with their dogs. And it's not like masses of dogs altogether. I mean, some dogs don't like other dogs or they're a bit nervous of people. So it's very much a one-to-one with what the dog wants. That gets priority and we work around it. And it's, uh, yeah. yeah, it's just, uh, it's taking off. It's lovely. We really enjoy it. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I, I have two two little dogs. One of them... When are you going to come and see us, I know, PJ, I with them? Down, you must. I must come down for this in, in the summertime. But one of my, one of my little dogs, she'd run to anybody she's just a pure idiot she'd run to anybody <laughs> the, the other little fella is and he's adorable little lad but he's skittish do you know mm. he'd be he'd be afraid so yeah. there's two of them two completely different personalities but you can fit them both in exactly no it's absolutely typical of the stories we hear and we work around it like we've got one coming this weekend who absolutely adores other dogs very frightened of people but we can either, you know, introduce them slowly to, you know, and speak to them a little bit or not at all. Whatever the owner wants, we'll work around. But sometimes they come terrified of uh, people and they've spent two or three days here and they really, you know, relax. And uh, no, it's, it does work well for the, for the humans and for the dogs. I think it does work well. I must, I must pop down to Doris with the two lads for... for... No, I'd love to host your little boys. <laughs> And they're two boys, are they? Are boy, they boys? Boy, boy and a girl. Boy and a girl, boy which a is a skittish one. He's, he's six and she's nearly ten. Oh, yeah. Bless. And they get on well together. Oh, they're like yeah. an old married couple. Oh, they are. But they're such a joy, aren't they? They really are a joy. Oh, you know I love what? It's, it's, it's funny. I, we were watching telly the other night uh, and the, the, Be- Bella was just. No, she was up there, not out of love. She was up there because I had peanuts. Yeah. And, and that's what she wanted. It wasn't out of love, you know. But I, I was kind of saying, God, if anything happens to you, what do they do? I know. Do you know, know the way it is? The loss of a dog or an animal ah, is desperate. Just, ah. Desperate. It, it, you and you either get that or you don't. Oh, you know? listen, it's it's the one thing that, that when you have pets, yeah. that you think, God, what will I do if I get up some morning and he or she isn't there. I've been through it a couple of times. It never gets easier. But anyway, to happy things. We'll see yeah. you during the summer. Congratulations <laughs> on the award, Julia. Bless you. Thank you so much. Cheers. That's Julia Hegarty Board from Carberry Cottage Guest House. Oh, and um, Francis, you, you're into the old horoscopes, are you? Morning. Uh, well, I read them every day, but nothing happens. <laughs> <laughs> Has anything ever happened for you? No, no. I, I'd be a millionaire. And I'd be around the world a half dozen times. Right. According <laughs> to the horoscope. <laughs> and you'd have about 12 children. Where, where, do you read them? where do you read them? The Daily Mirror. The Mirror. Okay. That's, that's Russell yeah. Grant, isn't it? I'm going to read your one out now for today. Capricorn. Go on then. Russell Grant. And it's right? also, this is also Emers, by the way. Oh, so. that's right. She was telling me. Yeah. Uh, new opportunities are on the way. And yet, you are holding back from showing an interest. Whether you fear the changes this might bring or feel other people are more skilled, this could be just what you need to learn new things about yourself. Grab any chance to step up the career ladder. Okay. You're going to get a new job, Peter. Maybe I should take up golf. (laughs) 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 There you go. 
Mm-hmm. You'll be the managing director of 96 FM. Oh, just stop it. <laughs> just stop. <laughs> <laughs> and you've never had anything come true. No, but the way I look at it is there's millions reading the same. True, yeah. I mean, they can't, unless you go one-to-one with someone, you, you know? Yeah, what's yeah. the chance of it? What's the chance of it happening? I know. It, well, it's funny thing about horoscopes. I years ago, and I won't name the pub, and I won't name the individuals, but that's a court case with a bunch of journalists, and right. one of them, one of them got a phone call when we were all out for lunch for a sandwich. One of them got a phone call and puts up lads. Anyone got any ideas for Pisces tomorrow? (laughs) 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 The horoscopes had to be written. Francis, thank you. (laughs) And thanks for reading my horoscope, whether it comes through or not. We'll keep all your comments and come back to them after um, after the weekend, because at this stage we're going to run out of time. But uh, not a lot of love in the room for Damien English. Yeah, Russell Grant still doing the horoscopes in in the Daily Mirror. Some of your electricity bills still coming in are eye-watering. And just to remind you again, if you're interested in the work of my canine companion and you want to be, you, you want to obtain a beast, as it were, from my canine companion, then today is the day. Something else I want you to do for me over the weekend, and we'll come back to this on Monday, just just t- tell me about your shopping. How much it's costing, say, compared to this time last year, because we're told it's gone up. And just give me a, a look at the basics, like bread, milk, eggs, butter, cheese, bit of fish, bit of meat. Just, just, just let me know how much you're paying compared to this time last year. But that's it for now. Program edited by Emer O'Hay, produced and researched by Fergal Barry. Thank you for joining the conversation all week. You can contact us at the weekend, opinion at 96fm.ie. And we're back on Monday morning, just after nine. 